Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Adam versus the Man tonight. We are going to be talking about everything related to physical health and well-being. Now, if you didn't notice, I just turned 40 years old, and I'd like to think that finally, at this age, being in the shape that I'm at, I think it's pretty cool to be able to say I'm 40. I'm actually in the best shape of my life. So I got I got a little proof of concept. I'm not an elite athlete. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. None of those things. I'm just a guy who's figured out some shit and wants to help you out, wants to share it, and wants to have a good conversation about living your best life based on my understanding of the world, based on our understanding of the world, based on what I figured out. So tonight's going to be a very short show because I'm going to start talking about veganism and then everybody's going to tune out in 30 seconds, right? But that's a big part of it for me. So we're definitely going to talk about that tonight. Everything from uh, food, diet, how I eat now, one meal a day, and man, I gotta say I love it. And 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 being vegan is, is just a part of it. First of all, being vegan, let me say we're gonna we're gonna debate this tonight. I'm gonna take oh, we're gonna take all callers. We're gonna have a fun show. We're gonna take comments. We got Joey Lee, Jay, Mary Jane here watching comments right now. If anybody wants to check in, make sure their comment function is working. We'll get some hellos and welcome to the shows up on screen, perhaps. Um, but being vegan, uh, I want I want to clarify terms, right? That that often uh, that often resolves debates in and of itself, doesn't it? Um, veganism. I, I've, I've been a vegan for about four years. And for the first few years, I described myself as veganish, uh, because of all, all of my exceptions and sort of working up to it policies and doing so. But in terms of, uh, being strictly vegan, uh, I, I actually have been more or less, and Joey, Joey's here. Joey's been living with me and eating with me or Watch, watching me not eat all day um, <laughs> because I do a 23 hour. Well, I, on a, on a perfect day, I do a 23 hour fast. Um, on, on a sloppy day, I do a 20, 21 hour fast uh, and then pig out for a few hours. But part of big first, first about veganism, we get this out of the way. The vegan society definition of veganism is a practical life philosophy or approach to life that seeks to minimize contributions to the pain, suffering, and exploitation of animals. I don't know if that's the exact word for it. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But you get the point. It's not It's not an extremist doctrine, and it's not even about consumption. Did you know that? There's nothing about eating or meat or dairy or eggs or anything in there. So there's, the, the term vegan, it's kind of like being Jewish. Right? You say, I'm Jewish. Well, I'm Jewish where it counts in the wallet. Uh, no, I'm 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 also circumcised because I knew you really cared. Uh, but no, uh, being Jewish can mean being religiously Jewish, right? And it can mean being ethnically Jewish or genetically of a Jewish heritage. And similarly, being vegan can be uh, the simple dietary thing. Like I'm a vegan, I don't eat meat and dairy, right? And it can be that just simple consumption definition by dietary preferences, and that's fine, right? Um, and then there's the biggest conscious consumer one for me. And for a long time, I was, uh, it, it, when, when I, when I went vegan and it was sort of like when, when I recognized that animals own themselves. And, and I know this is something we're going to debate tonight, right? Because uh, I've been, I've, I've been poking fun of people on Twitter for being meat eaters. 
and uh, having a lot of fun with the debate. Basically, why are we talking about veganism? I have been so shadow banned and, and put in this bubble of an echo chamber online with just my immediate followers, people who seek me out and fans. When I talk about sadism, they go, yeah, yeah, government sucks. What, what's the big deal? And it's a boring conversation, right? Uh, if I go, hey, have you thought about being able to like extend the non-aggression principle to animals and not kill them for sustenance? Uh, People explode, and it's so much more fun <laughs> than being in the, in the, uh, the libertarian echo chamber. So uh, when, I, when I started going vegan, uh, one of the first things for me was to be consumer choice vegetarian. That's super easy. I will never buy or order meat for myself. It's fine, right? But like you can be a vegetarian or be a vegan in the ethical principles and still actually eat a lot of meat if you define it in such a way that it's about conscious consumerism. Like you could say, I still love eating meat, but I'm only going to eat roadkill. <laughs> you know, like, And I think that's, that's bad and dumb for nutritional and health reasons, but it's not ethically wrong. It's not violating any animal's self. I mean, when you hit them with the car, that, that, that's up for debate. But when you scrape the carcass off the side of the road, you're not hurting anybody, right? So I, I support... Uh, people who are more conscientious along a spectrum. I don't take an absolutist view with, uh, with either of my applications of the non-aggression principle, either to, to people or to animals, or even in the nutritional concept for me and how I apply it. Um, but I have been for the last four months, kind of as the proof of concept nutritional experiment for me, been strictly vegan, as strict as I want to be, and I got to explain that too, right? I got to explain every little bit of this. I've been pretty close to one meal a day. And that, like the biggest break in this for me was when I went to jail for 12 days. And I made them feed me vegan. I ate vegan, but it was, it was three meals a day and it was jail food. It was, ah, it was all right. Um, I actually gained weight. And, and Joey will attest to this, that for me, for the last four months, um, I've had a couple cheat days where I will wake up. And even then I don't, I'm not hungry because I don't, I'm not in that groove like that, that my body, my metabolism is not in that routine. And, um, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll start snacking at like noon to me, a cheat day. And by the way, I never cheat on the veganism. I said, I gotta see, I gotta go back and explain to my satisfaction. Um, and, and Joey will back me up on this. Like I had a cupcake the other day. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name the brand gross, gross, prepackaged, processed, national recognized brand some kind of fucking cartoon animal on the label right and for what you're about to right right so <laughs> so for both things because because I, I i read the label and it said it contains less than two percent of and one of the animal products in there was eggs i was it what contains so like this thing has less than two percent of eggs in it and it's my treat indulgence and it's already bullshit on a bunch of other levels i'm not going to sweat oh it's got two percent of eggs in it right um so same thing with, with like traveling. I used to say like, well, I'm a vegetarian when I travel, I'm a vegan at home. Uh, whereas I refuse to kill animals for pleasure, but I will make them uncomfortable to avoid my discomfort when I'm traveling. You know, like that was kind of my excuse rationalization. And it's, it's, it's sort of fine on the continuum of consciousness. You know, we all seek to become more conscientious consumers. And in that sense, I will give a, a tip of the hat to people who hunt. You know, if you're a, like, and, and a lot of vegans, uh, being a vegan doesn't automatically make you 
more conscientious or effectively more ethical and more moral as a whole, as a person. I don't, I'm, I, a lot of people take it the wrong way. Uh, I, I wonder who's more open-minded, statists hearing about libertarianism <laughs> for the first time or meat eaters hearing about veganism for the first time. Or non-conscientious vegans getting the reality check. But they're full of shit. Yeah, right. really that's, that's fun too. So like, I, I, I would love to go to like uh, some kind of meat convention and do vegan man on the street interviews, but then go to a vegan convention and do like your bullshit self-righteous moralizing is, is retarded interviews too. <laughs> you can definitely go both ways with it. Um, but about why this is so powerful for me. I mean, I, I want to be like, look at me. Why am I wearing a tank top today? I mean, look at the fuck. I'm like, I'm looking at myself on the screen going like, yeah, holy shit. Um, I'm about uh, 200. I, I'm, I'm cruising between 210, 215 pounds right now. And when I started going one meal a day vegan, part of the objective for me was to cut. And Joey knows this because we went, we did Man on the Street interviews in Vegas uh, seven or eight months ago. And there were two two of these male strippers on the strip, right? They like pose the way the way that you pose with showgirls. They got dudes doing it now, right? Like you know the, the Outback, um, whatever it is, the male review, like you know there's Chippendales, the uh, Magic Mike's. Mike. There's a few of them. I said, yeah, I'm, they, I'm all for it. They're Sexual awesome. openness, yeah. Men make money off your bodies when you can. It was fun. Fun. You know, it's funny. They were making fun of female strippers going like, oh, they can just roll out of bed and fucking take off their clothes and get paid. Yeah. I got to go to the gym for three hours a day. What the fuck? You know, and, and sidebar, before we get into this, the, the motivation, the timing with me with my diet, a very important premise of my approach to this. Um, and I, I do want to say, I think I've, I'm in the best looking shape of my life. Uh, when I was doing steroids and when I was playing rugby, there was a time when those were both true. I was huge and I was fit. I think I was in better shape, uh, but I was stuffing myself with three big meals of meat per day with a lot of snacks and, and meal replacement shakes and weight gain or stuff in between. And uh, I, I don't think the steroids that I was doing then were like healthy and, and, and sustainable. So I don't want to advocate for that. Um, but the thing is, I'm really close to as big as I was then. And that's, that's fucking blowing my mind. Cause I'm not on steroids. I'm not on, I've done, and we're, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to go through a list of all the things we're going to cover in tonight's show. We got some fun news stories. We're going to take all the comments and objections and, and have all the debates and have all of this out. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I did a, a cycle of Sustanon and I had one dose, so to speak, left one cycles worth of dosages left when I got out. So I did one cycle when I got out and I was playing rugby in, in grad school um, not in any league or competitive way. So it wasn't, it was all off season fun stuff. It wasn't like, ah, he's cheating because he was on steroids and playing rugby in college. Like, no, nah, it was just off season grad school stuff. It was fun. Um, I did play Marine Corps, Marine Corps rugby. Uh, one year I was selected for the team when I was playing in college. I was very, uh, very proud of that. Um, but when I was, when I, anyway, a big, a big part of the philosophy here for me in all of this is, is efficiency. And I hope that if you listen to all of tonight's episodes, you'll be able to absorb all of my life hacks and all the understanding behind them in terms of fitness and, and health and, and diet and, and food and working out and all that in such a way that you can make your own pursuit of health more efficient and more satisfying and a lot more fun. Um, so anyway, with, with, uh, with the steroids, I got up to 228, 228 pounds. I'm 5'10". 
and I was, I was, I was big, you know, and, and that was, uh, by the way, so it's about efficiency and measuring body fat. Now we're going to get into the, the weight and, and what's so amazing for me, what the real mind blowing effect of vegan one meal a day diet strategy has been that I've been, I've been gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time on it. It's I, I'm fucking floored, honestly, with all of my experience. So anyway, I've, I've been bulking like my entire time lifting. I've never really tried to cut. I've always been relatively lean. Um, my body fat has usually been uh, around 12, 13%, sometimes dips down to like 10, 11%. Uh, right now it's probably like nine, 10% for a while. When I, when I started this, um, vegan one meal a day, and Joey, Joey can attest to this. It was about, about four months ago. Right. Sounds about right. Before I went to jail, right. Before, yeah, I was like a month or yeah. half before. Um, and I, I remember this back to the, back to the male strippers, right. So we were posing with them and they were like, I took my shirt off. and was like, yeah, oh, Jim's going to get it up there. Yeah. Like I can, I can hang with these guys. Um, they, one of them was like, yeah, man, you cut 10 pounds. You could be right there with us on stage. And it was like, I didn't even like, I didn't even hear it. It's sort of like an underhanded compliment. It's like, Hey, if you were just a little less fat, you totally hang with us. <laughs> and, I, and he was, to be fair, he was, he was right on. I mean, I, I could have gotten away with it, but I wouldn't have been on the big stage as, as a, as a dude who's not cut. You know, I was lean. I was lean. A little but bit I wasn't, of makeup to fix that. Yeah, right. Okay. Little, little airbrush the abs on to, to, to pump it up a little bit. But yeah, that was me. Thank you, Jim, for popping that up on screen. That was me. Um, what, about uh, eight months, October? eight months ago, September, something like October. that. Yeah. And so I started at 212 and after like pretty fast, I dropped, um, I dropped three or four pounds of water muscle weight and, and, it, and, and about six pounds of fat. And, and I'm, I'm, I don't measure, I go by look and feel. Um, but over the years I have measured enough times. I'm pretty confident in saying that like I went from 212 and 11 percent in in about a month and a half to 202 and um i guess about, about six to eight pounds of fat so probably was down like eight nine percent and i started looking really lean that was when i first got like the, the bicep i should have i should have done I, I didn't do any pumping up for this episode this is me sitting here relaxed like, to be fair no, there's, like a jack pump outside, so. there's a foot of snow outside there's a no i could have done some pull-ups or some push-ups ah, you pumped up you pumped up for tonight's anniversary man uh, no, I didn't do that though, but I've got like a, a, a visual sense and I'm, I, so then I went to jail and I kind of interrupted the flow and I actually gained weight in jail, uh, both healthy muscle weight and a little fat. Well, but you worked out in jail. I did you work well. But I was, you did what you could. I was in jail 12 days. I was stagnant the first six days because I wasn't confident. I mean, I stretched, but I didn't really work out because I wasn't confident in my calorie sources. And that's a tough thing if you've never been to jail to know that you're going to get enough calories to work out. That's we can talk about jail and working out and everything else in this. Um, but here's the thing is I, I went into jail weighing 202. I came out back around 210 and I've been pretty consistent one meal a day vegan. I mean, like I said, my cheat days are, I, I don't consume a lot of extra calories. I just stretch it out. I don't, to me, a, a perfect eating day is 23 hours of fast. And I sit down and I have my one meal. We're going to talk about what that meal is. Or meals usually are. Um, 
and I get to, I mean, every meal is a feast. We have one, I mean, we're going to talk about all this, but this is why I'm so passionate about what I figured out for myself with lifting, with diet, with veganism, with one meal a day. Because here's the other thing, and Joy will attest to this too. I haven't touched weights in three weeks. Has it been that long? It's yeah. been a minute. I've been doing manual like, labor. To be fair, yeah. No, I, I don't want to say that, but, but my point is my and not diet. Just like manual labor, taking out trash and doing ancillary little silly things. You're, 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 yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah, yeah, but yeah, 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 absolutely. But here's the thing is that on a typical diet, that kind of excessive manual labor would cause people to go into catabolic mode where they'd be eating their muscles for energy. It would be causing people to most, and me, I know I say most people, I also say me in the past. Like I would have to eat a lot more. And I've been dieting to cut in the sense, and I'm not like, oh my God, I got to cut. I got a contest coming up. I'm a bodybuilder and shit like that. But like, no, I've been dieting and, and, and working out with the intent of cutting and I'm still gaining muscle. Like really one vegan meal a day plus eight or nine hours a day of nonstop menu. And I go nonstop. It's one of the advantages of only having to, of only eating once a day. You only have to eat once a day. You don't have to stop and eat all day. You don't have to carry food around all day. You get to have a life all day and then stop and eat one feast and then go back to having a life. And we'll talk about some of like, we'll talk about bioavailability. We'll talk about nutrition. We'll talk about supplements tonight. I got, we'll, we'll bust out my big, I forgot to get it like, sitting here behind me we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get do you want to go get that joy we're okay. gonna go get we're gonna get the uh the big box of supplements no joy i'll get it you can't even carry it it's such a big uh, box of supplements yes, now she's gotta get it so tonight <laughs> uh yeah but this is this is this is crazy that that uh for me that i've gone on this cutting diet and for the last three weeks been doing like excessive manual labor and i've actually gained a little bit of weight um and muscle muscle mass i'm i'm up like, no, 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 babe, the whole box, maybe the whole thing. Um, yeah, that's what you can't. <laughs> you thought you thought I meant a prey of vitamins? No, I meant the box of all the vitamins. Yeah. So tonight on the show, uh, yeah, here it is. Bring, bring it on screen here for a second. Dear. Dramatic effect. We might even go into the kitchen and show people how I do. This is this is this is my supplement. Whoa, woo, woo, this is my supplements collection. Okay, okay, put it down, put it down. We're gonna come back. We're gonna come back to this. Um, so anyway, tonight on tonight's show, uh, we're gonna talk about my efficiency approach to all of these things, where I find the max bang for the buck. And like for example, Joey will will attest to this. She's she's lifted with me. She's watched me work out and and sort of been around me lifting for the last couple of years. I don't take notes. I don't keep track of weights or reps or sets. I never count calories. I don't wake up to an alarm unless, unless I have something scheduled. I have to. Um, we'll talk about we'll talk about sleep a little bit. That's been sort of one of my challenges. Um, and I want I want to say I gotta say one more thing. Like importantly, as an overview for this, uh, because we're going to talk about a lot of really important things that that would certainly qualify as medical misinformation by today's standards. You know, we're going to talk about uh, kachava. Uh, we're going to get you want to get you grab one of those, dear. You want to grab one of my kachava powder powder things or both of them. Um, something we started doing. Um, we're going to talk about uh, sourcing food, you know, farmers markets versus grocery stores versus cans, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to talk about veganism. I know, I know a lot of people want to debate, want to talk about the nutritional part. We're going to talk about supplements, not just, oh my God, look at all these supplements, but how and why I do them the way that I do them. How you cut some out. And yes, how I cut some out with Kachava recently. 
but my count is actually 19 every day, including 318 in my tea. And this is actually gross, by the way. I'm, uh, this is almost embarrassing. It's um, not really because I got it's not Arizona. This this stuff. This what this says. I need to. This label wouldn't peel off. I'm I'm holding up a one gallon bottle of Arizona green tea. But this is all corn syrup water. It's disgusting. I don't drink this. I bought this bottle, poured out the tea because I really wanted the bottle. Yeah. I gave it to a tree. Um, the Chava drink mix. We're going to talk about that. Not a product endorsement. Just and and just something I figured out recently. We're going to talk about lifting weights. We're going to talk about running. We're going to talk about manual labor. We're going to talk about rugby. Um, how I read Arnold's book, The Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding in College, and that influenced me. Arnold. We're going to talk about steroids. We're going to talk about testosterone replacement therapy. We're going to talk about drugs. We, I, I mean, we're, I, I eat a lot of lettuce, but we're going to talk about my favorite lettuce, the devil's lettuce. Um, we're going to talk about my influences in this. Um, vegan bodybuilders, Chris Sullivan, um, and um, oh, I always forget his name because it's Vegan Gains is his channel. Richard something. Vegan Gains on YouTube was a big influence on me. A couple websites, Vegan Sidekick, your vegan fallacy is. Um, we're talking about Elon Musk's uh, must be vegan on Mars. I mean, it's not like you can't not be vegan while you're terraforming a planet. There's no cows there. Yeah, I mean, as a matter of just like nutritional efficiency, no. if you're generating food, well, we'll get it. We'll come back. We'll come back to that. I know everybody wants to talk about Elon Musk and going to Mars and veganism and steroids. It's a really fun topic when we kind of you know package it this way. Um, but why why listen to me? And this is the last thing, and then then I'm turning over to Jim for producer notes, and we'll get to uh, we'll get to some comments. And um, people are, are people commenting? Are you able to get them up on screen? I didn't see any any hi Adams or looking good. Nice. Nobody's making. Is anybody making fun of my new mustache look yet? See, this is something that just happened. Like my mustache just got to a certain critical mass, and I was like, "Oh, hey, look, it goes sideways and, and kind of up." So I have I have, I have a separated mustache now. Some, uh, uh, good rugby. evening from England. Oh, and Colette Allen love playing rugby, women's rugby. Female rugby players are a special breed. Yeah. You want to field questions ladies. right now? No, we'll, we're going to come back to questions. We'll we'll go through comment questions uh, right after producers knows. But let me just wrap up my my introduction by by saying like, why should you listen to me on any of this? Uh, mainly because I'm not selling anything, nothing in terms of like fitness, health, food, shit like this. I, I, I don't have an audience because I've been talking about this. I'm just a guy who's figured out some shit who wants to share some stuff with y'all and do it in, in a, uh, you know, productive, empowering way. Um, and again, I think I'm 40 years old, um, except see, like I had to grow my beard out to ridiculous proportions so people wouldn't think I was 30. So I could actually look 40. That would do complain about looking too young. But yeah, most people uh, do. Uh, when, when I had my, when, when before I started growing this out like a year ago, when I had my face all trimmed up, most people thought I was, you know, five to 10 youngers, five to 10 years younger. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to get through this. Then, then I actually was. Girls can't um, do that. What do you mean? We can't wait. I can't do anything that makes me look older. And there's been a couple. Oh, right. Yeah, you can't. Standing <laughs> in front of somebody making. and they say something. <laughs> about you know something from the 80s or 90s and they'll look at you and be like you get it they look at me and go but that's before your time and like we're the same fucking age i know well joey is i mean despite despite crohn's we're talking about some of joey's challenges perhaps here and if jim wants to chime in on how what what we're talking about what i figured out is related to them um but but joey's also done a great job of of supplementing and working out and, and generally eating clean and despite crohn's also 
surprise, surprise, looks a lot younger than she really is. Mm. So with that, get your comments coming. We're going to get the call-in link. It's very easy to click in in, in StreamYard. And Jim, producer notes, will tell you all about it as soon as we uh, take our COVID vitamins. Mm, What's okay. going on? Yes, COVID vitamins. Let's do that first. Put you up there. all right sweet thanks for joining us everybody jim freedom in the house i don't know if you've heard i don't think i've ever said it before but t.me forward slash adam versus man that's where you can find everything that has anything to do with the show Adam versus the man. If you want to know when the next show is, if they're going to take a break, what they're going to talk about, everything you need to know, it's free to join. Everyone's welcome. T.me forward slash Adam versus the man. Get yourself connected. If you want to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, ten, fifty dollar a month packages. One dollar a month is awesome. If we had 50,000 people donating one dollar a month, this show would fucking go places. I tell you right now. Uh, next homefrontbattlebuddies.org get yourself connected and give some tax deductible theft deductible donations to homefrontbattlebuddies.org we got a great show planned tonight all kinds about veganism I'll get the link up there shortly so you can click on it copy and paste it to your browser to call in whoops I just removed myself there we go (laughs) that's better yeah we'll get you connected to call in and argue with Adam about veganism I dare you Double dog dare you. It'll be fun. All right. That's it. Let's do it. Joey, I see. Let's, what do we have for like, I know we've got some challenges already. Um, what, anything on the, on the big picture about what we're talking tonight or people just want to jump into the veganism arguments? Um, well, and the, the very first question that was fielded is by organizer vault on Odyssey. Thank you. I can't wait till StreamYard catches up. Yeah. Quick note on that. You want to explain that real quick? Yeah. StreamYard and Odyssey are not integrated as much as the big streamers are. Uh, I would assume that the Odyssey team is probably working on that, but there's so many other platforms that are like StreamYard that I bet it's a logistical nightmare. So for right now, we can pop up your comments from Facebook, from Twitch, from Twitter, which is called Periscope on our end, but we can't do it from Odyssey. However, every week, I'm watching, I'm reading. When I can, I'll copy, paste, and pop them up. Uh, but if I can't, I'll read them. And we really want to prioritize Odyssey. Absolutely. Uh, these guys are awesome for what they're doing. They may seem a little slow and glitchy, and people may complain about it, but that's because they're doing you a service, and they don't have millions of dollars backing them up like the big guys do. So let's support them so they can get better. Uh, but no, Organized Revolts had a very awesome question. I think they know the answer to this, but I'm going to let you answer it. What about honey? Honey. As and an bees. So it's yeah. animal byproduct. Yeah. Cheese, eggs, those things are, are out for, for most vegans. What about honey? Yeah, honey, it really comes out of the simple ethical question of it. And I, I'll tell you, I'll start with, with making myself look like an asshole to be humble about this. Um, we were doing some landscaping here on the property recently, and uh, we're, we're putting rocks together for campfire circles to make campsites. And yeah, our friend, uh, one of our neighbors pulled up a boulder and and found a scorpion. 
And there's a picture of this of me holding it up and posing behind him on the um, on on the Gardenia Telegram page. And right after that, you know what I did? I put him on the ground. And I speared him with a stick. You're a scorpion. You're on my property. You know we have cats that catch and eat scorpions alive because we want to get rid of scorpions the same way we want to get rid of mice and rats. And if you want to talk about the the non-aggression principle and a practical uh, element here, as a vegan who recognizes the self-ownership of animals uh, and, and wants to minimize my contribution to their pain and suffering, uh, I also recognize that an inherent part of life is that life feeds off life. And that in order to protect the human organism, the body, we have to kill other animals, like as a matter of defense but that's sort of even at least around the margins inevitable and if you want to be you want to play the silly you know ad reductum whatever argument against veganism yeah i get it there are animals on your skin you know that they're microorganisms all in your body and in your gut and every time you take a shit you kill a million animals technically like whatever i don't care you know it's how much can we practically minimize that so i see the scorpion on my property as it's it's invasive and it's an unfortunate thing that I have decided as a human, my living space, I'm staking out this space. If you're a rat or a mouse or or a, a cottontail rabbit or a scorpion on my property, I'm going to kill you or chase you off. If I can easily chase you off humanely, I will. In terms of like a scorpion, um, I can't really rely on a scorpion if I carry it off, pick it up and carry it off my property and like put it outside, it's gonna come right. Um, yeah. You know, I. I you can but a snake. So so we had. So last time this happened with a rattlesnake, I picked it up with a shovel. I put it in a in a wheelbarrow when I wheeled it, and I was able to get because I think there's like not only can a scorpion barely feel suffering, but it's sort of less value biologically. Really? Scorpion How? living a good life. Are there scientific the researches? What do you mean a scorpion can't feel something? No, no, it can't feel as much. The, the, the complexity. Because so part of the premise of, of what I'm proposing in, in terms of my veganism is that there's a continuum of suffering as well that can be experienced. And the higher a life form is, the more complex its intelligence, the more value we have in reducing its suffering, the less uh, exploitation we are going to uh, get benefit from in some way. So with animal, again, and the thing is, this, the, the reason this is scary for a lot of libertarians is it challenges your application of the non-aggression principle to people, right? So anyway, to honey and bees, there's nothing that you need from honey that you can't get somewhere else. And so what you are doing when you, when you create honey with bees is you're actually saying, let's create a colony of animals and torture and kill them because that's that's necessary for honey in order to get this thing that we don't need. So you're talking about on mass scale. And in that sense, well, even on an individual scale. On an individual scale, if the bees make the honey and you as the tribe don't eat it, you're attracting bears to your camp, right? Could you make that argument? If, if, so, so yeah, 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 yeah. So really if, if there it? was, so you want to say in that, in that extreme case of nature, like, Yes, I came across a hive. It was in my territory. I decided I had to clear hostile animals from my territory in that sense. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. You know, that's like we, honey hunters, people who only eat honey in the wild without killing there's, I mean, there's a, the majority of America is buying from the supermarkets, dealing with these big commercial, you know, organizations yeah. and farms. And gosh, I had somebody in our local Juniper Woods ranch group get triggered when I asked about uh, 
getting cheese from farm-free farms. We can talk about that if you want. Oh, but wow. no, people get so triggered. Uh, but but yeah, there, there's other reasons if, if you're living off-grid and hunting your food primarily. Yeah. So let me, let me put this in order, too, so that we're clear about the sort of moral priority hierarchy right it's it's first it's most important for me that you apply the non-aggression principle to other human beings okay let's start there like if you can't do that fuck off right that's that's the first can you respect that other human beings own themselves and deserve ethics if you can't do that i don't really care about the rest right that to me that's that's that, that's really in terms of like calling people to a higher standard of ethics, that's number one. Should be pretty simple. Number two <laughs> is number two is can you live by the principles in terms of how you interact with government and the state and, and society at large economically with your job, right? Can you withdraw your material support from evil corporations and the state, right? Next thing, conscious consumerism. Can you can you strive to be self-sufficient? And and this is where you know, I want to say, uh, as part of the premise of tonight's show, I am open to being corrected. I am open to improve. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you some things tonight that I know I do that are not optimal. I mean, hey, tonight's show is all about me, right? Hey, I get, no, I get, I get the benefit of putting my own practices under the microscope over this, uh, over the course of this episode, and I am appealing to the audience to help me improve as well. So, empty on Odyssey brings up right now about the bees. Uh, some people are bee farming simply to try to make more bees because they're going extinct right now. That's different. So the honey that they produce, I wouldn't, again, what are you going to waste it? No, you're going to sell it to continue your bee operation. So again, so so with, with my veganism, there's, again, there's two things. Like the, the ethical thing um, allows me to eat eggs if they're sort of ethically sourced eggs because I believe like what we did here with free range chickens. Now, I don't do this anymore because I don't want to for nutritional reasons. I actually believe for myself, and we're, we'll come back to this, that when I consume animal products, it lowers my body's ability to absorb nutrition. And it will, we'll come back, I think we'll come back to this. Um, but so anyway, non-aggression principle of the people, how you relate to the state, how you consume basic shit. Then like, and, 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 and so it's like above all of this stuff is, you know, shopping, as little as possible at, at Walmart, right? Behind as little processed, manufactured, corporate bullshit as possible. And and you know, then it's then it's veganism. Like it's 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 a lower priority to like all those three things. Non-aggression principle to people, how you relate to government, and how you are a conscious consumer, those are all more important than veganism to me in sort of ethical hierarchy. So, so that it, answers it, this question here. Uh, okay, go ahead and read it. Uh, if I lower the population of a deer herd to keep them from exceeding, exceedingly carrying capacity, exceeding carrying capacity to maintain a balance between them and their food source, is that ethical veganism? So is that, I want to say, is that ethical veganism? Rather, is that in line with, is that compliant with the, the, the moral principle? Um, can you, you know, is it, is it ethical to kill an animal uh, a, a lower life form, which we are essentially custodians of, is the higher life form, uh, in, in order to promote life as a whole. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would, I would say yes. I, there's, I, I don't want to get too sidetracked with this uh, because I, 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 this is, this is kind of a philosophical rabbit hole that we could go down for two hours. Um, 
but yeah, I, I support as a vegan, I support killing animals in conscientious ways uh, for the overall benefit of, of environmentalism of animal populations and even of human population. That I, and um, I, I want to put, I want to, I, I want to put forth one other sounded weird. human populations. Yeah. We don't want to control human population. That's no, no. To support the human population. Um, Clarify that. That's yeah. really weird. No, but I, I want another premise of my veganism here in terms of the pragmatism and not being absolutist about it is if it was a kill or be killed environment, I say kill animals. Absolutely. Um, here's, here's the critical thing is a lot of people raise the objection of, you know, look at my canines, you know, look at my brain. We were, you know, we evolved to eat meat and we needed it for the brain explosion. I'm like, yeah, those are basic facts. I agree with that. I don't dispute the evolutionary theory that it was when we learned persistence hunting, when we used tools, when we got regular access to meat, that humans first evolutionarily had access to excess calories and were able to have the brain explosion and become humans from prior uh, less less evolved uh, hominids. Theoretically, right? right? No, so I support that. But even that doesn't mean you have to eat meat today. That means just that at one point it was an essential crutch. There's crutch, time and place for everything. Yeah, right. No, but so uh, well, no, because um, you can say that it's natural to eat meat. Well, like so's rape and murder. There's a fuck ton of rape. Like you, yeah. there is not a human being on Earth today. I've seen the statistical analysis who doesn't have like rape and murder in their background. Like wouldn't say somewhere along their line, like if it wasn't for rape, you wouldn't be here. I think we can say that pretty much about every human being somewhere in your lineage. Yeah. So when it comes to kill or be killed, does it make it okay? I would say, yes. If you're a higher life form, you, you believe in the self-preservation. You understand that you can be as conscientious and ethical about it as possible. Uh, when it comes to kill or be killed, yeah, I say fucking kill and live. And I say this to someone who by libertarian standards is relatively pacifist. Like, yes, you have the right to use force and violence and self-defense, but you should always consider the cost of it. And if someone wants to steal food from you, you should probably let them keep it, you know? It might be hard. Um, for a lot of reasons, we won't get into the security analysis there. But Don't be like the cops and lock them up. Our backup plan here for survival in Gardenia is trap rabbit. And if it was die or kill, I kill rabbit. I, we're going to kill rabbit, you know? Um, but if you, if you're killing once we evolved with technology, with the internal combustion engine and agriculture and industrial processing and, and, and the economic development of trade meat, not only became an unnecessary crutch, but at the point at which we became capable of feeding ourselves and eating better, with vegetarian or vegan sources, what you are doing is killing animals for pleasure. And that is a line I absolutely refuse to cross. I will never I kill animals for pleasure or pay other people to kill animals for my pleasure. Because that's what it's about. You're doing it for the mouth pleasure. It's for sustenance. Not when you have the choice of something that doesn't include killing animals for pleasure. All right, we have someone triggered Jeffrey Brown on Facebook. I am skeptical. You're onto a new dogma. But the real problem you're trying to mitigate is your narcissism disorder. <laughs> no, no, no. I've been a narcissist for a lot longer than I've been vegan, sir. Uh, according <laughs> to the internet, very clearly. No, my narcissism is nothing new. It is obviously just clearly deep-seated and uncurable 
according to every troll on the internet. That's not even a good troll comment. We get now. Um, we we okay. have one caller backstage already. So whenever um, you want to, uh, however you want to handle that. All right. Well, I let me let me do. I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more thing uh, about veganism here, and and then we'll take our first caller on this. Um, so there's there's a a great website called yourlogicalfallacyis.com. And this is wonderful for every subject. And for people who believe in libertarianism as a rational philosophy, first and foremost, in, in a sort of objective sense, um, the yourlogicalfallacyis.com website is really powerful. And you can it's got all these little icons like straw man, false cause, appeal to emotion, ad hominem, slippery slope, the fallacy fallacy. So this is really helpful for a lot of people who are new to argumentative ethics or talking about politics. And you jump into the mainstream political conversation, it's full of bullshit fallacies. Study logic and reasoning. Study yourlogicalfallacies.com if you're not and know it so that you can reference it, right? Now, where I'm going with this is that there is a takeoff website called yourveganfallacyis.com and uh it's like it, animals are not intelligent enough to matter eating animals does not cause disease eggs are not unethical humans would starve in a vegan world i'm on top of this i and it goes through all this and if you guys want to bring all these up whatever, whichever ones are relevant to you because a lot of them were for me and it's not it, it, eating meat is so deeply ingrained in us psychologically i say evolutionarily i'm not going to argue that like eating meat is unnatural or any bullshit like that no but it is so ingrained in us that even though the logic of veganism is, is so obvious and overwhelming it really does take some processing so i i am i am open to people transitioning i am open to people taking the time to process the ethical and logical considerations and all this and finally one other website and we can come back to this um vegansidekick.com and they have a debate guide and a comic database and Patreon books, clothing about, uh, and maybe we'll do some interviews with these people in the future, vegansidekick.com. And if you click on comic database, this is what I've been using for Twitter. Uh, you can download thousands, there are thousands of these single panel or single image comics um, that just make the basic vegan argument irrefutably. And in, in a conversational style, it's only made possible with comics. And four years ago when I was transitioning, this is kind of what did it for me. I hate to say it. I hate to admit it, but like it's, it's cause it's kind of dumb. You don't have to. This got, memes, <laughs> memes change people. Yeah, it's memes. Yeah, memes. yeah, basically this archive, this library of memes took me to the irrefutable bottom of the logic of veganism rabbit hole. And uh, I, I had the uh, in intellectual initiative that it was like, well, hey, you're a libertarian, non-aggression principle. Does it apply to animals? How so? Oh, fuck. I have to answer that. Like, I mean, part of how I became a libertarian was not accepting contradictions that were so fucking obvious about government. Like, oh, you're fighting for our freedom. They hate us for our freedom. You know, your friends died for your freedom. Fuck that. And, and, and that propelled me to want to figure it out. And similarly, I had that motivation when the question of veganism 
came to me as a libertarian by a few of my friends in the vegan movement. I got to give another shout out to uh, Kenny Palorantano, the anarchist chef, vegan uh, advocate, um, amazing cook who's, who's catered some parties here in Gardenia, um, who has done a uh, look up Kenny Palorantano. I can't spell his name if I say it like that. Uh, Kenny, the anarchist chef. I think you can find him from that. And I, uh, he, he really motivated me to, to resolve this because he was a fan of mine who was like, by the way, you know that veganism is the only like sort of dietary lifestyle choice that's really in line with voluntarism and libertarianism. I was like, oh, shit. All right. But it was it was really that I, I had all of that motivation and initiative and and, and people who I respected. <laughs> yeah, you should figure that for yourself. You got to resolve this. And then honestly, it was going through the vegan sidekick comments, comics. That, that, that did it for me. So with that, Jim, get off the screen. Get us our first caller. Who do we have here? All right, ladies and gentlemen, your first caller on Anniversary of the Man tonight is... Clyde Rides. And that's... Hey, that. Clyde Rides. Welcome to the show. I'm giving. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, Adam? Excellent, excellent. I've been so a huge fan of yours, been watching your videos in the past. Just want to, you know, say thank you for everything you've you've done, everything you continue to do. And, um, you know, it, it, yeah, I couldn't thank you enough. Well, I appreciate that. I, and, and I hope that, uh, for all the people who, who have followed me in, in some way on the journey to voluntarism, getting out of the military to where I am today and living by these principles and lifestyle, the looking inward to really consider not just how you judge the world. And, and it's sort of like, we've gone through that. That's, that's like libertarianism 101. Then you turn it inward and you go, how do I interact with myself? And then how do I interact with the rest of the world? And veganism and conscious consumerism is a really important part of the lifestyle. It's not just civil disobedience, living off grid, being on solar power, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and again, these are things that we can't pretend even to be perfect at, but to strive as, as we can ever more, never give in to evil, but move ever more boldly against it, right? As, as here, here. Institute would here for a couple of years. Um, I, I tried that. I really enjoyed it. I think like the first three months, my body felt great. Um, I felt like I didn't have to go to the stores and worry about the cancerous meats and worry about the process. And then, you know, that, that ethical dilemma um, and I'd really like to try veganism, but out here where I live, it's really hard to get fresh veggies or veggies year round. It's, I, I had to change my diet. I had to go back to eating meat as much as I, I would rather not be in that paradigm. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. So you're saying for practical logistical purposes, your ability to assemble a vegan diet at, that was, uh, at least as healthy as your meat eating diet was not not quite possible, not really practical. Wasn't going to work, you know? So, yeah, no, so I, I, I do respect that hypothetically, right? Uh, yeah, you know, you know where I'm going. Is I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? <laughs> let me let me suggest for anybody who's, who's like, well, I like veganism, and I'm like you, Adam. I'm not an absolutist. It's not going to break my heart to eat meat. Like, you know, when I, so about that for me, a quick, quick sidebar on the, you know, what, what Joey will testify here is until four months ago, I was absolutely strict consumer choice vegan, but 
kind of sloppy on the, well, I'll eat leftovers or if it's going to waste and, and that's fine. I, you know, ethically and, and nutritionally, it's, I, I don't want to judge, like there's an ideal of perfect health. And this is where I won't judge people. You compromise your health every day for your pleasure. And I say, yeah, you take risks. I fucking, yeah, have fun. Enjoy that. You know, if it's like, for me, if you, if, if you, uh, you know, eat sugar and you're a little overweight and that's your choice to compromise your health, to enjoy that. You know, if, if, if it's, if you're doing it intelligently, you're not being stupid and unconscious about it. It's a conscious indulgence and a compromise of your health to enjoy life. Yeah. I'm not going to begrudge that. And I'm not going to judge that separately, but if you're doing it, like if you enjoy sugar, like that's your vice, you love sugar, fine. You're eating, you're eating, uh, you know, pure cane sugar, something organic, agave nectar, uh, whatever it is, cool. But if you're eating high fructose corn syrup, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, no, there's no reason. You're getting all these health compromises, things you have to pay for that are, are worse with the toxicity of uh, an addictive nature of high fructose corn syrup that you don't need to get the payoff of the sweet tooth indulgence that you want. That's bullshit. That sucks, right? So to turn it to, to turn it back to, to your case here, when you say it's not practical, like I can respect that. Like if I was out here and let's say, you know, we had a real apocalypse scenario, you know, I don't have my garden built um, until I do. Uh, I'm going to hunt rabbit. I'm going to, well, probably trap rabbit. We, you know? neighbors chicken eggs. Um, we got, ah. we got chickens, you know, with, with chicken eggs from the neighbors. Um, but yep. the reason not, that, is that vegan eggs? Is that, no, no, absolutely. Well, in, in, in one sense, by one definition, yes. And by another definition, sometimes, sorry, yeah. by one definition, no, never, because vegan, if you say doesn't consume animal products, then eggs, absolutely not. By the other definition, if you say practical, minimize suffering and cruelty and exploitation towards animals, if you have free range eggs, it's voluntary, it's relatively compassionate, humane, you know, I can say sort of, um, at least it's, it's, more ethical you can have sort of ethically sourced eggs uh, but i, I want to get back to your situation because a lot of people find themselves in that dilemma of pragmatism where i can make the moral arguments and they say yeah but for me to be my maximum healthy person you know in my circumstance that i have chosen i got to eat meat because it's not practical based on where i live so i got i got two answers to that and you're not going to like them uh, because they're they're tough answers, but you know you're gonna like the uh, the motivation here, because one part of it is um, why the fuck do you live somewhere where you don't have access to good nutrition? Like that's 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 like basic shit. And if you're you live in America, oh, in yeah, there's a the amount of tyranny. You know, I I I came from California, and California got bad. I mean, I wanted out of there, and I talked to a buddy of mine that used to be in my unit and he was like dude this place is awesome you got to come here there's no mask there's no bullshit like but you you at some point you got to say all right if i'm dependent on grocery produced whatever meat right now cuz it's the only thing available i mean you got to have access to i mean honestly i think your excuse is kind of bullshit honestly i i don't think there's anywhere in america you can live where you say i have access to meat but i don't have access to fruit and vegetables like, I, I, I don't think that's, I mean, I, it, it may be in some fruit, but even then you're choosing to, to what, to not drive an hour to a grocery store. 
best grocery store they have is Walmart. And that, and that doesn't eat. I mean, you go look at the veggies there, you know, like you got to wait till spring till the farmers come out with their, their, uh, you know, the little setups and everything, you know, even then, let me put it to you this way then, because here's the here's the second point is that the, the long term personal health cost benefit analysis, even if you only have access to a Walmart grocery store, uh, one, you can mail order anything that's preserves. Um, and we'll talk about this when we get into my diet here, my two main meals that I eat. Maybe we'll do that next because every meal is a feast here. I fucking love it. It's just it's, it's an amazing part of this routine. Um, but you eat once a day. Is that what you said? Eat once a day i fast usually 22 hours a day and then i let myself have a two-hour uh feeding time well we have a related <laughs> comment a here related uh steve on odyssey ross Ulbricht seems to be having trouble getting a balanced vegetarian diet in prison unfortunately yeah well i was lucky well, i only had to do it where there's not well, so even if you're eating meat so let me let me get back to this 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 question of, of pragmatism that, that clyde brings up here um because even if you're eating meat you're not getting, if you're eating, unless you're getting it um, organic and you're, and again, in order to get the full nu nutri nutrient profile that you need from animal products to really get the benefit, you need to be eating uh, organ meat, right? You need to be eating liver, kidney, whatever, do chicken giblets, all that stuff to be getting that full nutritional uh, complexity that, that gives you the, the like, okay, well, now there's no extra benefit I would get from eating plants. But the typical American diet, if, if you go, uh, you know, FDA recommendations, Food and Drug Administration, even the new food beer, but not the bullshit old one. The new one's still bullshit. Don't get me wrong. It's it's just like slightly better flavored bullshit, let's bullshit say. Uh, bullshit with a but No, but the, the old food pyramid, for people who don't know what I'm referring to, uh, recommended tons of grain. That's what happened. As the base. And that really fucked up a, a, a generation of Americans. It's a dairy, too. Uh, it reminds me of that scene from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Who's like, what? Wait, bread makes you fat? It's like, yeah, yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. Like, when did that come out? It was on Space um, Force last night. He, he eats like three courses of meat a day and said it like it was unhealthy. But our generation, like, I got yelled at yeah, if I right. don't eat my it's meat. very ingrained. If you so, don't well, eat so your meat, how can you have any pudding? If you're eating that, like, three square meals a day, even traditional, relatively healthy, mostly plant-based diet, if you're getting it from a, a mainstream grocery store, you have, you have two problems. One, your meat, is, well, the, you have, the problem with the meat is that it doesn't, you're, you're generally getting cuts and even in processed meat, you're getting cuts that don't include, uh, you know, the bone marrow, the, the organ meats, the, the nutrient dense stuff. You're getting a slice of just um, muscle tissue meat that has hormones and antibiotics and doesn't even have the complete animal profile nutrients. It has complete proteins. You have plenty of complete proteins when you eat like that. But you're, the reason that's a problem is that it's less efficient, less bioavailable for your body. You have to break it down into amino acids and then reconstitute it to make muscle. If you have plants and you're getting your amino acids from plants and supplements, you don't have to go through the process of breaking it down and then reconstituting it. So it's more efficient. That's why I'm able to gain muscle eating one vegan meal a day. Um, but then there's the problem with the, the, the vegetables and the fruits that you're getting at a grocery store in America or any first world country today is that a lot of it because of mono monocropping and agriculture, depletion of the soil, those crops don't have the full nutrient profile that they would naturally. 
So we're going to talk about this when we get into supplements and I'll give my whole supplement routine. But I would say that, that for you in that situation, already you're not getting a full optimal nutritional profile. And I think your excuse really, does, at least with me, doesn't hold any water because it's a pragmatism kind of thing. And I'll tell you where it finally weighs out. But you're going to need, even if you're doing what you're doing, you're saying, oh, I, I need this nutritional crutch of eating meat you're not getting the full nutrient profile that you need to be optimally healthy anyway. And you're going to have to take supplements. I think that's true about me too. And I eat extremely healthy. I eat whole food from the farmer's market. I eat, I eat, you know, or drink a cachava drink every day. And I still think in order for me to get all the micronutrients and, and vitamins and minerals that I need, I need to take pills. I need to take supplements on top of that. So here's, here's the final argument. You are making an argument from convenience for your health and saying that you need to eat meat for the, the, the value that that gives you in terms of freeing up your time, right? Well, think about the time that you're going to have to spend in a hospital later in life. Think about the time that you're not going to get to live to see your grandkids later in life. And we can talk about this. I don't want to hammer this too much because I'm not I don't want to convince people to be vegan because, oh, my God, if you eat meat, you're going to have heart disease and, and atherosclerosis and blah. There are problems with that that we all know. And especially if you're eating mainstream processed meat, you know, hormones and antibiotics your whole life are eventually going to fuck you up. They're going to they're going to what your body has to do to process meat compared to not processing meat is going to lower your lifespan. Uh there's so much more I could get into here, but I want I want to get back uh, to our caller. Does that does that feel like that's a, a thorough addressing of your challenge here? Do you want you want to argue back anything? No, I, I need to just take some extra steps and like um, figure it out, you know, and stop making excuses and you know um, do what I do what I have to do. Yeah. So I would so say that, like that's it's awesome. Not hard, like yeah. it should be easy. Like right. everything's a struggle. We get used to doing things in life, and it takes time. So don't beat yourself up over like not being there. No. Yeah, no, I, I was, I'm, I'm really glad you made this challenge though, because the, the motivation for someone like you has to be uh, really intrinsic. You know, it has to come from a point of self-love and say like, I want the best diet for myself to be my best self long-term. And I'm not going to use this crutch because I've been fooled by society into ignoring hormones and antibiotics. I've been fooled by society into thinking that this is absolutely necessary and, and, and healthy. I've been fooled into this and look at my fucking parents' generation. Look at the boomers now. They're all like, we saw life expectancy in the U S go up and peak and come down a little bit. And you go, what the fuck? That's yep. food choices. Yep. That's that food everything. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Carl. Let's do, let's do supplements next since that came up there, shall we? You know, pass, pass me the big box. We're gonna pull up. We're gonna pull up Adam's master to do list Google Drive doc where he keeps track of all this stuff. Oh, get get the caller off. Thank you for the call very much. We're gonna, we need the we need the full screen to show you Adam's crazy box of vitamins. Oh my and God, supplements. Like a whole other so this table. is no, no. We'll we'll manage. This is this is. This is, oh, ooh, my pipe is I'm in the right way there. Here, by this the is, way. Yeah. Thank you, Producers Club, again. So this is my, my supplement routine. And uh, this is a drawer uh, that goes into uh, a cheap plastic cabinet. 
And when it comes to supplements, so I have, what I used to do was morning and night. Now that I do one meal a day, I do, um, I take supplements twice, once, once before the meal and once after the meal. And that's just to sort of spread out uh, the dense stuff. So there's not too much that's like on an empty stomach, so to speak. Um, but I have these, these awesome vitamin trays. And I, I used to do ones that flipped up. I really recommend these quick little life hacks because, because everybody knows that you should at least be taking a multivitamin, right? Here's, here's the first thing, like based on what I said during that call, y'all need to understand if you're not at least taking a multivitamin, unless you have designed the perfect organic, varied, everything vegan diet, you're going to have some nutritional deficiency. It might not be noticeable, it might not be significant, but I don't think without at least a multivitamin that ensures you have that basic floor of a complete a vitamin mineral profile, you're going to have something that, that you're going to suffer with. And it's like, why not use this technology and this awareness of nutrition that we have to live better? So it was part of my efficiency thing. A lot of the vitamins that I take say, oh, take it three times a day, take it four times a day. I'm like, fuck that. You only take vitamins four times a day. Eh, I don't know about that. So I, I reduced it to two times a day. So it was morning and night. Uh, that was before I went to one meal a day. Like I said, now it's before and after. So this is this is four rows of vitamins, um, but each row is a before meal, after meal, before meal, after meal. So this this is not a week. This is actually two weeks. I have four of these bad boys here, and what I do is when they're empty every uh, eight weeks, I lay them out on the table. Actually, these are these work really well, and I want I want to specifically advocate for this style. I don't know about this brand. I found these on Amazon. They were about 20 bucks each. The flip top opens up with these things that slide out. So it's really easy to do one thing at a time. And then this whole thing lifts out so you can line them up and fill them up really, really easily. And it takes me uh, about an hour, two hours, maybe uh, when I do that every eight weeks, I think one, and this, this is a life hack for me. This is a really important one. I hope for a lot of people, this addresses one of the uh, reservations or obstacles you might have to take in vitamins because fucking opening five bottles three times a day is fucking retarded. Holy shit. You're like, Oh my God. I'm just like, and yet it's not worth the time. If you, if you had to do it that way to take all of these supplements, um, absolutely fucking not worth the time. Um, if it's just a multivitamin, taking a multivitamin once a day. Okay. You got a bottle, pop a bottle, one pill. What's the comment there, dear? Was it? I didn't do that. Oh, Jim put it out up on screen. Yes, Jim. Everyone's <laughs> body being different. How can people know which supplements they should be taking to maximize their health? Excellent question. That's sort of what I'm getting to next here, Jim. So first of all, multivitamin is a basic thing. Um, what I take is Rainbow Light Men's One Multivitamin, uh, Rainbow Superfoods Blend and Probiotics, uh, supports immune bone and brain health, non-GMO project, verified, certified raw, uh, certified clean. It's vegetarian. So I assume there's some micro, something that's like derived from some animal product in here. It's not perfectly vegan. You know what? I don't really care. Um, I have one supplement that's, that's, that's not even vegetarian, I suppose, uh, that I, I want to get away from. And you can see there's some that I'm transitioning from, like from fish oil to something else. So Jim asks how to maximize. Um, and I would first say, pick a multivitamin. I like this brand. I recommend it. 
pick one that's appropriate for your lifestyle, your budget, whatever. So that's the first thing, one multivitamin once a day. I also take a caffeine fat burner and that's in the, in the bedroom because I take that first thing in the morning. Um, that's a hydroxy cut, hardcore elite, because they all have stupid names. Um, so that's something I take for caffeine and appetite suppression uh, and just energy in general during the day. And it serves me pretty well. Um, so it's like, if you want to cut, so I'm, I'm this is going through the, the thing for Jim. If, if there was a general process, I mean, I could go through all of mine and say, here's how I did it, but I should answer Jim's question in a more general sense. So one, pick a multivitamin and then two, go through the list of everything else that you could possibly want to take that might help you out and then decide, is this appropriate for me? Now, I spend a decent amount of money on vitamins. I order them on Amazon. I get them as cheap as possible. I think in that sense, online shopping and Amazon, as evil as it might be, is a great force for efficiency, which is essentially good for economics, for making more stuff available to more people to live better lives. So what do I, what do I spend? Like um, every two months, I spend about $200 uh, on supplements every two months. So every two months I go through and when one of my bottles, I look at it and I go, oh, I don't have enough for the next two months. Oh, I get on Amazon, order it again. And I have spent, I think, about $150 a month. That's a lot. That's, an, ex that's an expensive vitamin habit. It's better right? than a meat habit of 100 bucks a week. But considering just my overall diet being a lot cheaper, you know, and, and then I, if, if you go, well, what's the price of a Starbucks coffee every day? Yeah, that justifies it. You know, what's the, and I live on $1,500 a month for the most part, like, and, and really less when it comes to what's my lifestyle. We're going to talk about this because what are, what are, Joey, this is, this is sidebar for a second here. I own my property. I don't pay rent. I own my car. Um, so my essential monthly expenses are my phone bill, uh, water, which I pay two cents a gallon for from the community well, um, food and and supplements. And food I get mostly from the farmer's market. I get, well, I get about half from the farmer's market, uh, about a quarter online and a quarter from Safeways in, in Chino Valley and Williams. Um, I'm working towards being completely independent for that food production here. So let me go through my list and you'll see. So for, for someone who wants to build or maintain muscle mass, there are a couple other uh, essential ones. Uh, I, I, we'll start with some, some general essentials because next thing on my list, plant-based CLA, that's conjugated linoic, whatever, linoic acid. Um, and that's, um, where is that? Conjugated, I have it in here somewhere. Of all my bottles. What's the link, 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 acid? Plant-based plant CLA from non-GMO safflower, safflower oil. Um, conjugated linoleic acid. And it's like along with uh, some of the essential amino acids, one of the important ones. Spirulina comes in a pouch. I put it in a bottle and make it easier. It's green tabs, just an extra superfood supplement that I feel better with, especially more when it was on my stomach. Um, I'm going to phase that out, though. I really don't need the spirulina now that I'm taking um, one uh, cachava every day. Next, EAAs, essential amino acids. Um, that's so 
a lot of things in nutri in the world of nutritional supplements get superseded over the years and they don't they don't issue updates unless you're like following I don't know if you're reading bodybuilding. I, I like bodybuilding.com generally as a nutritional uh, resource. I find better prices usually with Amazon, but branch chain amino acids is sort of the old thing. Um, and that was uh, L-leucine, isoleucine, and L-valine. And now the, the new replacement is um, essential amino acids. And so I have, uh, where is that? A vegan... Essential amino acids, this is Doublewood Supplements, contains all nine essential amino acids. And the thing is, this is, this is vegan. Um, and I don't need it if I had a perfect vegan diet, but why not pump myself up with making sure that if I'm eating once a day, when I eat, I get all the nutrients I could possibly need. But it might be over the top. I, I really want to go through my whole list and actually kind of pare it down a little bit. Another one of my principles in taking some of these supplements and, and saying, I want to give my body everything. When they put the dosages on these, they'll say like serving size, three capsules twice a day. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to lower that. I don't need the full dose if I'm taking everything else. So a lot of it is sort of like a nutritional baseline insurance policy that way. The next is L-carnitine. And that's uh, because I'm cutting. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to gain muscle mass right now. I'm doing it kind of accidentally. Uh, but L-carnitine is an amino acid that accelerates or assists fat burning. Same with L-citrulline. That's another one I've got in here. And these are all mostly very cheap because they're not like patented pharmaceuticals or anything or, or proprietary formulas. They're just companies that process, you know, the raw materials into these capsules. The next, uh, vegan omegas. And this is to replace fish oil. Fish oil is another one of those general essentials. I eat an avocado almost every day. Um, so I, again, I probably don't need it, but as a good baseline, I have this as well. Um, L-lysine, uh, for those of you who've been watching me for a long time, you might notice I do get cold sores that and they're stuff, gross. It's also they know the shit out of me. So I take L-lysine to make sure I don't get cold sores. And I take one in the morning usually with my fat burner, more as a reminder to me to like take care of my skin health during the day. But L-lysine is just an essential amino acid that is used for, that is primary, your body uses for skin health. It is also great for uh, passing your analysis. <laughs> right. <laughs> so a quick sidebar. You can sidebar. do a lot of fun stuff with this. Sidebar, a lot of fun stuff. All right. So um, now we're going to get stuff. Creatine and glutamine. Um, oh, here's how I do my creatine, powdered in water. For a long time, I didn't realize I was doing creatine wrong. Uh, it's not a suppository, as it turns out. Uh, no, you're supposed to put it in your mouth. No, I was doing creatine with capsules, and there was this new fancy creatine ethyl ester. Turned out to be kind of bunk. Um, and some supplement products are like that, where it's like, well, it's healthy. We can tell that it's safe and it's clean. Is it effective? Well, we've got lab tests or studies that show it's at least doing something. And then it gets out into the market, and people go, Nah, basic bitch creatine monohydrate dissolved in water is still the way to do it. So instead of trying to be lazy about it and take it as a capsule, uh, a few months ago, I started doing creatine with my water and I moderate how much I take based on how much water I'm drinking. Um, I'll, I, I drink on days I'm not active. I make sure I drink at least one gallon of water every day. And I just put a tea bag in here and 10, 10, 
Um, what am I doing? 10 milligrams, 10 grams, 10 grams, creatine monohydrate. It's one scoop in that jug. And if I get to drink more water, I'll take more creatine. So I do one to two gallons of water a day, which is 10 to 20 uh, grams of creatine every day. Glutamine. For me, this was a game changer when I discovered this like 20 years ago. Glutamine is an essential amino acid for muscle recovery. If you're doing strenuous weight exercises, you notice that your body or your muscles might take two or three days to recover. You will actually notice that reduces your recovery time. It's really, it's, it's amazing to me. That's an essential. Now I have two that I take for joint health because I'm 40 and I got rugby injuries and I beat my body up doing manual labor out here. And I always have some funky injury or scar tissue. So uh, I'm taking glucosamine chondroitin with MSM. And this is the one that I want to find a vegan alternative for. It's, it's made with. Um, that's like a good for everyone. One of those things. I mean, that, that's like just something everybody should be taking. Uh, uh, Throw that in with the multivitamin. Throw it in. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, well so this is. Oh, so this one contains shellfish, crab and shrimp shells. So this is at the point of like really anal veganism where you're like. Because I'm pretty sure this is leftovers from scratch food processing. They turn that into vitamins. So I'm not like a pretty low priority for me. Uh, the other one I take for that is turmeric curcumin um, for joint health. Uh, maca ashwagandha is another general uh, boner pills, right? Maca, no. This is a reproductive health, performance and mood, and enhanced blood flow. Great for, uh, uh, for the ladies, too, for your, your cycle. Maca is incredible. CMZ, uh, calcium, magnesium, zinc. It's a good mineral support. I was getting some, I might phase that out. I was getting some muscle soreness, um, like cramping, where if I worked really hard, I would get a little cramping and and, and um, it's possible that it's a, a mineral deficiency in the muscle. There's really like, it's, this is where meat is a crutch for your diet. But this is a way more effective crutch, you know, like, could you get all of that from natural sources? Hypothetically, uh, but I'd rather have this nutritional baseline of my supplements every day. So anyway, uh, potassium gluconate was another one I, I added temporarily. I'm going to phase out for, for the, because I was getting the cramps. Then I take, uh, I have on this list, my, uh, my allergy medication, uh, loratadine, uh, and my hair pills, keep my hair from thinning, take Propecia. Um, and actually I've been on that what, five months now? I say it starts having an effect in three. Like it used to be my hair was like really noticeably thin on top. Now it's just barely. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've been very happy with that. And uh, the last thing is cachava. So let's put, let's put this away and pass me that big envelope there, dear. And this stuff is awesome. Uh, I, I found this recently, uh, cachava tribal superfood, a blend of organic superfoods and plant-based proteins. Inspired by ancient wisdom, all your essential nutrients in one, the whole body meal. They have these in four flavors. I got chocolate and chai. There's a vanilla and, and what's the other one? They should pay me for this. No, that's it. No, there's four. I, I think they have a brand new program. They're vanilla. They have, it's vanilla. Strawberry, you said vanilla chocolate. Vanilla. Vanilla, chocolate, chai. Is there a strawberry? I don't think there is. I think there's just three. 
No, there's four. I remember from the website. I'm gonna look for you. Vanilla chai, chocolate, whatever. Peanut butter. Uh, peanut butter. Peanut that's butter. That's it. Yeah. It's yeah, not actually butter. there. I was just making that up. Oh, really? I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, uh, this has a plant-based protein blend, a fiber blend, uh, antioxidant, super fruit blend, adaptogen blend, and super greens blend. So this really, um, I should probably be taking two of these a day instead of one a day for my for my size, and then cutting out uh, a handful. Of, of those supplements. Anyway, when we come back from our next caller, we can talk about steroids and testosterone. We don't have any callers. We have any, we have any vegan comments, no vegan comments. Uh, no, everybody was just kind of tuning in. And, and I mean, the, the I'm the being too reasonable about coconut this. Coconut acai is there. Acai. Acai. Shit. <laughs> come on. We saw this pronunciation corrected on space force the other night. i'm from baltimore i mean come on we don't even pronounce the p in our city's name give me a break give me a break all right so do we have any any challenging comments i see i should have people i mean the the insight that you just gave if like people spend thousands of dollars to get that input on yeah this is being like it's like it's it's nothing you can you can you can always tell me what supplements you take and, and the multivitamins, everybody needs those. That's why they're multivitamins. But outside of that, it's, you got to do your own. And I'm somebody that I took a butt ton of vitamins in my early twenties. And my logic then was, Joey, you're doing way too many fucking drugs. But Joey, why is Joey me? not on screen? We got, on screen? I don't know. Where's Joey on screen? Hey. No, my logic of my 20s was like, you're doing entirely made too, too many drugs. You're staying up entirely too late, burning the candle at both ends. You better hydrate and you better keep your supplements about you. And I've done that most of my life, except for periods of time where I can't afford it. Like you said, it's very expensive unless you've made the full shift into, you know, that conscious lifestyle. Um, yeah, in Babylon was when I had to back away from the supplements. I couldn't afford it, but I still took some, like iron something that I need uh, before my period every month. Yeah. Oh, and I got, yeah, great if point. I take iron, women and women's cycles and per, are much more personalized yeah. and individualized and dictate a whole other nutritional set of needs. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, it's, and, and I changed mine up if, if oh, I, I, I got, Adam gave me his old flip up. Yeah, <laughs> you got the hand me down. I got the to try it, and then I if she likes so. it, we're gonna upgrade you. I love to, that. To my trance, I used right? to wake up in the morning and open my cabinet, take all these. And you dread it. You dread it. You dread, but it's a pain in the ass. It's a chore. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, opening multiple bottles multiple times a day is an obnoxious fucking chore. It really is, and it creates this negative association with taking your vitamins as opposed to, oh no, I've done it in advance. It's all thoughtful. It's super efficient. It's in trays. I just pop it before meal, after meal, boom, I'm done. Or, or if it's for you, like if now, maybe we should talk about the one meal a day thing next. Maybe we should talk about Adam needs to get preachier on his podcast so he gets more trolls like he does on Twitter. No, but Joey, this is this is let's talk about let's talk about the meals because I want um, I, I want to tell people about the one meal a day strategy and why I like this. And I kind of want to have you backing me up here as an, I, as the objective observer in my life, right? I suppose. <laughs> I can't. Okay, so when you say one meal a day, people think just that. They don't think about all the supplements. When you're taking your supplements throughout the day and you're drinking your creatine and getting your vitamins all day, 
No, but it's really having one meal. No, no, see, see, Joey, eating all day long. This well, only actually, only when I do mushrooms in the morning, (laughs) psilocybin. No, no, so Joey's point was important for how I used to do it when I was doing like trick when when every day was like when I was doing an eight hour fast and, and, and one meal a day as opposed to now legitimately one meal a day. Um, but no, creatine doesn't have any calories. Um, my caffeine fat burner doesn't have any calories. Lysine is an amino acid that I take in the morning. No calories. I'm actually doing a fast every single day. And over the last four months, except for the time when I was in jail, 90%, I keep it to three hours or less. Like I might pick out and have like stuff, but see, like, I get to have a feast every day. I am legitimately fasting 20 plus hours almost every day. Colette Allen, I've always only ate one meal a day. And I'm going to say that a lot, a lot of people do that, do that. They don't even know it. They wake up, they get in their car, they rush their ass to work. They don't even get a lunch break. If they do, they go smoke a joint because God damn, they can't. And, they and can't what do you hear? And then they don't eat. Breakfast they- is the most important meal of the day. No, it's fucking not. There's so much bullshit manipulative propaganda around nutrition out there uh but a lot of people you don't have to be vegan to eat one meal a day uh, but you do have to give yourself uh, a a real healthy meal Uh, it helps if it's vegan because it's more bioavailable food so you stuff yourself once a day your body gets everything it needs but the human body was not intended to be a food processing unit. Uh, one of the things I found out recently, someone t- uh, tweeted this at me today is that you should check out this thing called the snake diet. There's a guy who advocates eating once every 24 or 48 hours, once every two days. And I go, you just, too. just getting caught up in the rat race of life. You finally sit back and go, fuck, I haven't eaten since. Yeah. But it turns, it like turns out Friday, like it, it's, it's yeah, now doing it that way when it's haphazard and it's stressful, I don't recommend. But when it's thoughtful and conscientious, fasting is extremely healthy. And a lot of people have incorporated just 16-hour fasts very effectively for losing weight. So that just means, and, and this is what I started when I, when I wanted to lower my body fat, is like just skip breakfast, don't start eating till noon, and you can eat till 8 p.m. You can have dinner from 6 to 8. You can pig out for 8 hours, but no snacks after that. And just giving your body that full 16 hours to reset instead of constantly having food going through your system does amazing things to your hormone and your nutritional and your digestive cycles. Yeah, so, and, and look, as somebody with Crohn's who for a long time, I didn't know what I had. And the medical community didn't even have a name to give this thing for a while. Uh, but when I would go through my periods of rapid weight loss where I would go from legit like 120 down to 80 pounds of 30 days and it's like nothing in my life changed. Uh, the doctors would tell me to eat one big meal a day. I'm like, what are you fucking crazy? You're going to eat once a day? And they're like, no, your, your metabolism will slow down. It just eat one, uh, eat as much as you want, but just once a day. It can be morning, noon, night. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Eat once a day. That's it. And uh, it's always helped me gain weight. Not right away. It's It took me years to learn that I have an issue and there's actually foods that make this issue worse and I have to take them out and, as I learned these things, of course, that changed. But but now it's so with my Crohn's, my body does not absorb vitamins and minerals the way everybody else's does. It's almost like you throw food in a trash can and <laughs> the trash can's got this big hole in it. So most of the food falls out, but some of it, yeah. but like that's kind of the best way to explain it. Yeah. Uh, so, but eating, 
eating two or three times a day for me is important. That being said, eating could be a smoothie or a boost nutritional shake or a piece of cantaloupe. It doesn't have to be this crazy eggs, bacon, this, the other. The amount of food that Americans have been trained to eat is terrible. Yeah. I, it's not just oh you're getting it fat. Makes you yeah. tired. It's it's even if you don't get fat, even if you're someone like me, I can I can throw the grossest food down my face and not gain weight. In fact, I'll lose weight if I start doing that. And some people would say that's a superpower, but I feel like shit. So it's not the weight you're putting on that necessarily makes you feel like shit. It's what you're putting into your body. The weight's just a side effect. So I, I want to talk about one of my major influences before we talk about the every meal of feast and, and how and what I cook. But uh, Dr. Amin, Noon Amin Ra, um, in his video is AmentaEliteAthlete.com. Uh, or Amen, yeah, you can look him up. Um, we'll, we're going to have notes at, at t.me slash Adam versus the man. Uh, I put it in the Producers Club already. We're going to add these links that uh, that, that I'm mentioning oh, here in the show and watch. we'll have, yeah, we have, we have a couple of, well, I already covered the, the websites. So we have one story we're talking about Elon Musk. Um, but no, it's, uh, Amenta, A-M-E-N-T-A, eliteathlete.com. And it's Dr. Noon Savasiva Amen-Ra. He's a PhD and MSED and has all these nutritional blah, blah, blah. What, what he figured out though, well, he has a famous video on YouTube on someone else's channel where someone interviewed him and it's called, a uh, vegan strongman eats one meal a day. And and actually, I'll make sure that um, that is also in our notes so you can find the link for that. And um, it's – this guy is super fucking ripped. I mean, he's like 6% body fat. And I'm, I feel like this is what I'm working up to. I think I've got, I've got a little bit more mass than him, but just, just, just barely, probably not. He's and, – and he's a little bit older – and he, he has legitimate uh, deadlift, weightlifting records, powerlifting records. Like a um, and one of the things that that he talks about in in this, uh, and it's a it's a thirty six minute video. This is the most research I've done for this because I based my regimen on on him mostly. So I actually watched the video and took notes because it's not very well organized, and his website isn't very helpful for you to like, just get the basics of what he does. Um, but this 36 minute interview is, is really helpful. And uh, the, the one meal a day concept is uh, allow, makes so many amazing things possible. But what I, the reason I wanted to mention um, Dr. Noon Amin Ra, aside from being a, the major inspiration for my current fitness and health regimen is that um, let's see, I keep losing my train of thought here now. Um, he, oh, you need more beef. this no, the initiative for him in his research was longevity, and in all of the scientific studies, reducing calories to an organism makes it live longer. And this is sort of like I I, I don't want to present it as a universal. I know, yeah, of course you can starve something to death and it's gonna it's gonna die, but in terms of the way that most biological complex organisms work that are, you know, like animal organisms is excess calories over time reduce lifespan because your body's energy 
instead of living is going towards processing food. And this is why I say it the way that I did is the human body is not intended to be a food processing unit. Stop abusing it as such and stop struggling working out more than you have to in order to eat way more than you have to. That's some dumb bullshit. Right. Daily fasting and one vegan meal a day and enjoying it as a feast every day. But having regular fasting. Or is, diet. Don't want me. I can't. Let me finish the point, Joey. You, you got you got all the time to be heard. Let me finish the point. So with the one with the with the longevity, that's what he started with. He started with how to so if you give your body more calories than it needs, and this is what I, I used to joke. I lift weights and I work out so that I can eat more donuts and ice cream. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. I can respect that from the perspective of like, that's your compromise, but it wasn't worth it for me. And every calorie that you consume more than what your body needs is there's, there's a, you hit a point of diminishing returns, but then there's a negative returns point. You're eating more and you're enjoying more food. And you can, like me, I was able to cruise because I had a lot of muscle mass I was able to cruise eating like a pig and never really get fat. I would, I would get soft, but what I was doing was taking all of my life force energy and using it to accumulate body mass and process excess food. And that approach compared to one vegan meal a day, even everything else being constant is, was, was probably taking, you know, five to 10 years off my life just from that, if not more. So what do we have for a comment here? Colette Allen, all animals that live the longest are vegan. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. Yeah. With, with a couple of with the obvious caveat of starvation, uh, but it's not be hungry. Um, it, it's don't give yourself more calories. Once like a big thing for me was it, it first in controlling my intake was eat until you're not hungry. Don't eat until you're full. But now I don't have to worry about that at all because when I eat my one meal a day, I fucking pig out. And Joey knows this. Joey sees this. Even when when I uh, when I'm well when I'm not doing manual labor or lifting, kind of moderated. But when it's like I've been doing manual labor all day, hey, it's it's six o'clock. My eating window is open. I'm gonna close it by nine, but I get to eat whatever the fuck I want now as long as it's clean, it's vegan, it's whole food, and the basis, the core of my meals are two main elements. One is one is the cachava drink that I just added uh, about a month ago, and I love it. It's been great. Uh, but the other one is that I have a big hearty meal of vegetables. And I have, I have two meals that I eat, or two sort of formats for this. One is this, uh, my big salad. Fucking love it. I used to get the chopped salads from Walmart and add stuff to them. And, and sort of pump them up and make them me- meatier and hard, like add an avocado. And then I was like, why am I, why am I paying Babylon to chop up my lettuce? That's some dumb shit, especially when there's an awesome farmer's market right here in Ashford just every Saturday. And but there's been access. We've had access, you know, to other stuff. There's no excuse. Um, but we went, we, now we have it super convenient. Once a week, we go to the farmer's market and I get all the veggies I need for all my salads. Um, mine, they don't do avocados. because Those are mostly imported, unfortunately. There's a lot. And there's, oh, we could get so into all the government intervention. Oh, yeah. Cartels in Mexico now. Oh, no. 
But uh, adding in avocado, tomatoes, mushrooms, and now what I'm in the habit of to make to really enjoy my feast when I do my salad. Um, and we go to food banks and we, we donate to food banks. Um, I, I recommend this as a practice for everybody. Go to food banks um, and pay meat, them. It would be thrown pay away. them. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to eat meat or if you're going to transition. Um, I get stoked when you, the you food can, bank has a little chicken patties. Yeah. You can at least meet the ethical non-aggression principle requirements of veganism and eat meat if you're getting it from a food bank, if it's food that would be thrown out otherwise. But also there's a lot of leftover produce um, and it's it's not always the healthiest, but it's upcycling. And, and so what Joey and, I, Joey and I like to do is go to food banks and pay what we would pay at a grocery store for the food. You can tip them. Okay. And, and yeah, I, I, I really support that as a community you know conscious what I, consumption practice. You know what I found in Babylon? Because I volunteered at a lot of food banks in mostly the East Coast around Baltimore, Frederick area, but American. I'm sorry. I don't want to generalize, but this is what I've seen. They don't buy the good food. I don't know if it's a price thing or if it's just a, I want my Kraft American cheese and Hans ketchup thing. The brand. But generally what I saw at the food banks around the big cities, all the name brand, delicious, organic shit. Leftover gourmet stuff that someone, some yeah. grocer overpurchased and has left over. And yeah. Yeah. That's food that would otherwise go to, to. They don't. There's no income requirements for the food banks. A lot of them just ask that you be local. You show your ID. You're a townie. Come take our food. We're going to toss it otherwise. Do that. Okay. Please do that. So let me go through my recipes real quick because they're very simple, right? So I take two or three types of lettuce. Sometimes I'll take a cabbage, chop up some cabbage. Uh, sometimes I'll take uh, kale, spinach. Um, other kinds of greens, whatever's, whatever's available. I like the variety that's inherent with going to farmer's markets and food banks and getting, by the way, our food bank, one of the, I should mention that the food bank called going local slash thrift store, everything else Love in it. Chino Valley is also connected to a community garden. So they're also, they also have fresh organic produce there as well. That is, you know, top notch. So I take my, my, my lettuce mix, I a blend of chopped or I'll just rip it up salad. I'll add tomatoes. I'll chop up an entire avocado. Um, and then I have stuff that I will add that I've, I've bought online, like trail mix. I'll sprinkle some trail mix on there, some dried fruit, uh, dried cranberries, dried blueberries. Um, sometimes at the food banks, you know, you see random, just good dried fruit or random veggie snacks, whatever stuff. I'll take that, chop that up, sprinkle that on top of the salad. And then I, I have a, a, a fried layer. Uh, you, I get crispy onions or red peppers or jalapenos. Uh, that's something I get on Amazon. Um, I also get garlic, uh, dried garlic, uh, diced garlic. If, if I'm not cooking fresh garlic, I'll sprinkle some of that on there. And then I have my saute layer and I'll saute in a pan, mushrooms, onions, garlic, sometimes radishes or uh, Brussels sprouts, which work either chopped or sauteed. And then I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll uh, fry them or, or saute them in uh, virgin olive oil, organic. And uh, sometimes I'll put in some Worcester sauce or some red vinegar into that. And then I'll take that and I'll just pour that on top of my salad and then dressing. And I usually either go sweet with my salad in general and put fruit and stuff or savory and put more tangy trail mix. 
and 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 tart dressings on it. So all of that, that that's that's really like that's kind of the whole formula for my salads, and that's most of my meals. The other recipe that I do is a veggie. I call it my veggie stir fry because I used to do it all in a big pan stir fry style. But what I do is I take like a base of just a mix of vegetables, whatever I'm getting. And this is part of the fun of it is, is that it's, I get some free form style. I get some artistic fun with, with how I'm cooking. I get some uh, nutritional variety with the whole foods that I'm eating. And I'm never really sick of this. I could eat these, I could alternate between salad and veggie stir fry for my meal every other day. And I'd be happy forever. Um, so I take for my veggie stir fry, a base of boiled vegetables. I'll take cauliflower. I like Romanesco, purple cauliflower, broccoli. Sometimes a daikon. Um, we had yikama yesterday that I actually made into like fries. I could steam it as well. Sometimes I'll, I'll do radishes this way as well. But anything that's sort of like a whole solid or, or starchy vegetable, I'll boil it. I'll just boil it until it's nice and soft. Uh, pour the water out. And that's the base of my veggie stir fry. Then I have my saute layer, which is similar to the saute layer on a salad, but there's usually more stuff in it. Um, usually make a point of putting a lot more uh, sauteed onions and whole garlic and, and a lot more mushrooms. I love mushrooms. I love mushrooms for psychedelic purposes. I love mushrooms for food purposes. Um, absolutely love mushrooms. Shiitake and oyster mushrooms are my favorite. So we're looking forward to getting those growing here. Once, once we get our medicinal uh, psychedelic mushrooms operation up to full speed, we'll be doing food mushrooms out here too. Mushrooms are meat eaters. <laughs> mushrooms will consume and process leftover meat. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Upcycling again. Um, and then I, I, so one of my indulgences now, and this is how, you know, I'm not really serious about cutting <laughs> um, and that I'm, I'm more intent on just being functionally happy and healthy and whole rather than being in, in a calorie deficit is that I'll sometimes I'll eat bread with this. I'll take a, a piece of naan and I'll, I'll toast the naan sometimes on the wood stove or on a frying pan and eat that with, uh, with, with veggie, veggie spread, fake butter, margarine, fucking amazing. We use country crock. Don't want to promote that brand. I don't, is, is that organic? Is that's country the whole thing. Look, that's the healthiest thing my mother fed me as a child. <laughs> and it was because it was cheaper it, than butter yeah, then, right? <laughs> and it came out with the whole I can't believe it's not butter thing of the nineties. You remember that? Do you yeah. remember that? You weren't as bad as a TV raised kid. No. I was. I, I, I read a lot as a kid. I don't think. All right. So it's Joey, Joey, I, I want to see I, I again. We thought we'd have a lot more because like when I mentioned veganism. As, as an offhanded remark, everybody goes, "Hey, fuck you! Stop forcing your views on us and judging us." When I when I take my time and explain it like this, I think it sounds much more reasonable, and people are less triggered. <laughs> but I, I want to address. I want I want to help people with this. Um, if people have questions, I want to make sure that what I'm what we're presenting in this episode, and we're we're an hour and forty minutes in. We're not going to go more than two and a half hours because I'm going to get hungry. I'm going to want to open my eating window. In, in, in Dr. Noon Amin Ra's video, he says, feeding time is always glorious. And so for, for him, he talks about his one meal a day is a three-course meal. And he starts with a smoothie. And I'd like to think that my kachava is kind of the equivalent of that. I usually drink it with my meal because it's delicious as a drink. You know, I don't need to drink it and then eat. And then, and then he says, he has, so he has 
uh, he has his drink is his first course. He has a main meal that's like a, a vegan meal, kind of like a veggie stir fry. He has different, I don't want to speak for him, but he has different meals that are the main course of his one meal a day. And then he says he has dessert, which he says he has peanut butter, but it's like organic crushed nuts and crackers and bread and, and jelly. But he doesn't use jelly like jam. He says he says he has peanut butter crackers, but for him, that's like super whole food organic version, which yeah, is like, which is like, he says, he says dried fruit with mashed up peanut butters on a cracker or something like that. So I have nut butter that I love. Um, that's um what's what's the brand that i, I forget but my belly can't take it i, wanna, I, 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 I tried it it was delicious but it it bloated me not so not so not so you can find it on amazon if, if you like that it's really great um for a soup it's 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 like peanut butter but it's super crunchy and it's made from seven different organic seeds and nuts together um so sometimes or, i'll have nuts i want a banana or even organic peanut and butter. And if you have yeah. it, you can tell. Like if you've never bought organic peanut butter before, the first time I did, I was blown away. It's or, gross. It's, or, it's hard. It's just oil. you have to fight the it's oil the with that. You don't have to do that with nuts. So you gotta cut. You gotta stir it. But that just proves to you how processed the shit that you're normally giving is. I mean, what is it that's holding that together? Not peanut butter. Not peanut butter. So, um, I, I'd like to to kind of get through the last of our subjects here. But I'd also like to take some more calls and challenges and, um, you know, ask people what they what they have for for suggestions or improvements. You know, we haven't talked about anything about exercise yet, but we're going to get into that. Um, yeah. Some of the things that I know that I do like less than optimally, like I cook in plastic or I eat out of plastic because Tupperware is convenient while we're homesteading. I'd like to get get better on that. I'd like to, with my food sourcing, be growing I'd like, I don't want to pretend that I'm going to be able to grow hundred percent of what I eat in my perfect diet here, but I, I'd like to think we could get to 90% and to be capable of say self-sustainability eventually. What's this? Adam, give him the scoop <laughs> on nuts. Says Alonzo Frank. Well, actually, oh, shout, shout out to oh, our God. friend Ed, who's locked up right now. He's the guy who turned me on to Nutso just a few yeah. months ago. Um, but Nutso with bananas or fruit, oh, that's that's dessert. I would never really, I, I, and I I don't, I'd be I'd be happy with that forever, you know, as, as a kind of dessert. And and w- once you cut out, I mean, I got to say, cutting out high fructose corn syrup is Huge. like, Huge. if there's a singular thing about getting the toxicity of the mainstream diet out of your life. That's it. And it reawakens your taste buds. Like there's something about high fructose corn syrup as this artificial sweetener that I think dulls your taste buds. And when you, when you get that out of your system, you can appreciate the whole foods a lot better. Uh, Angelique T, do you dehydrate veggies that have aged a little beyond their time? Um, Not yet. No, but that's a good idea. I'd like to. I Annie, would love to do this. So we compost. Yeah, you're you're familiar with the cannabis drawing company technology that I work with. Yeah. Uh, when when they found out how greedy the cannabis market is and how shitty the trademark and and, and uh, uh, patent system is in the U.S. and got shut down, they tried to move over to dehydrated fruit. And yeah, that's something I'm absolutely interested in. When we start growing fruit, I we're going to grow too much. And, and canning and preserves. There's and 400 people in our in our town like we're not even gonna be able to give it away yeah. dehydrating i absolutely love angelique's got some awesome 
uh, tips too. Here's another one. She says peanut butter company has a non-GMO chocolate peanut butter that will change your life. Not too sweet. Now you said chocolate. That's my, that's my weakness. And look, we've argued about this before. <laughs> you can do chocolate without the corn syrup. Chocolate. Well, a female's body genetically has a higher need for chocolate than a man. And there have been scientific studies on this. You can Google it. I know you don't, maybe you want to bring it up. I mean, Michelle sends in the article. I'm sure I can find it. I would say definitely responds to it differently and has nutritional legitimate benefit and, and craving. I, love so. it. When I, I, I don't like period, Joey, I crave chocolate. Even if it's not regular, I will know my period is a week away because all I want. Is fucking chocolate. The only thing I would argue with what you said is need, but when you say response to and has other benefits from 100% with you, absolutely. And I'm glad you're here as a reminder that everything I'm saying is from a man's perspective and that there but is. I'm not mansplaining. I'm not mansplaining. Very good. <laughs> uh, man tested, woman approved. Uh, yeah. No, but that, that especially a woman's cycle uh, requires different nutritional needs. And even the one meal a day strategy might need to be altered around a woman's period. Your nutritional supplement strategy, your vitamin regimen, um, because you are losing blood, you might need, need as a take. woman, you might need to increase certain nutritional supplements that you take around your period. And while I think the general life hack approach principles that I'm suggesting can very much be applied to this, Everyone needs to figure it out for themselves. And women certainly need to generally uh, account for those things. Or like with Joey, if you have Crohn's, if you have certain nutritional deficiencies, um, like for me, you know, I have allergies. So I know that, you know, I, I take a daily uh, allergy pill. If there were better things for that or more organic answers, I'd love, I'd love to hear it. Suggestions People with on that food too. allergies especially. Exercise should be done moderately. I live a very active life and now my joints are natural. All right. Well, let's talk about that because I, I that's a great, a great transition. Uh, if, if someone wants to call in, though, we want comments challenging me why you object to veganism or if you have questions for how the principles or the things that I'm describing can be applied for you. So to lifting and joints, because I definitely have experience with all sorts of repetitive stress injuries, um, even Currently, um, I have a shoulder injury that I'm going to physical therapy for. You can hear it across the room. Sometimes, sometimes it pops. It's more annoying than limiting. Terrible. Um, Terrible. That comes from, so I, th th it's sort of the compromise for me. I enjoy pushing my body to the point where I get moderate injuries. And I get, and, it, and to me, managing that is fun. I enjoy it. And when I was in the Marine Corps and in, when, I, when I was playing rugby, especially, I mean, rugby is in in some ways a lot more dangerous than football you get a lot more in a lot of ways you don't get the same severe injuries that come from like a, a giant plastic bubble bouncing against the human body uh but because you don't have pads you get a lot more moderate injuries and part of the challenge of getting through a rugby season is nursing and managing you are not, uh your injuries you are not the only rugby player i've dated and i've known lady rugby players and it is there is a a lifestyle to to people who play rugby and and it's around being healthy and kind of fearless so no you do you put your body like it's it's not football it's not it is so much don't say some ways give yourself <laughs> that so i, I want as a rugby player i just want to modify uh colette's statement here because i wouldn't say that my exercise should be done moderately it should be done 
conscientiously. It should be done with an understanding of exercise physiology. It should be done uh, with patience, with, with an understanding of how your body adapts to different strains and stresses. Um, and but, you taught me this recently that rest is, is crucial to Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize there have been times in my life where I will chase the hurt because I want to build. With Crohn's, I stay skinny and I hate that. It, it, it seems easier to build muscle mass than it does regular old weight for me. So the concept that Joey was <laughs> missing was basic muscle recovery. And this gets to glutamine. And this is why I think my background in bodybuilding and exercise physiology and everything I studied around rugby has served me very well. But like I said, I read Arnold's entire book, Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding when I was in college. And I have used that as a very good background of information. I think everybody should take it upon themselves to learn what is good for them and then really dive into it and understand it. And for me, it was rugby. It was fitness. It was agility training and uh, endurance for rugby. I mean, you're talking about an 80-minute game. Rugby is um, like the intensity of soccer for the cardio, but with the muscular challenge of, you know, hitting people all the time. Like, like, like in a mosh pit yeah. and, and a football game. <laughs> it would be rugged. And, and, and That's one way of describing it. Right. <laughs> uh, so with, with lifting, the concept that Joey was missing is that when you exercise, you're actually breaking down your body. Your muscles are uh, you're, you're ripping muscle fibers so they can recover from that stress and be stronger. You're depleting your glycogen stores to take your body through the process of using energy stores and replenishing them in a healthy way um, and, and revving your metabolism in, in, by, by doing so. Uh, so for me, the, the, what has been the most effective constant in my life, lifting, and I've experimented with all sorts of different styles, uh, but generally, it's a three-day body part split of pushing, pulling legs. And so you work complementary muscle groups together. Pushing is chest, shoulders, as in deltoids, and triceps. So when you bench press or shoulder press, you're kind of working all of those muscles together. It doesn't make sense efficiency-wise to do triceps on a different day for arms, unless you're trying to get crazy big disproportionate arms for beach muscles, you know, when you're working chest, you're working your, your triceps, at least getting them warmed up. So you might as well finish that ex that workout by exercising your triceps as well. Same thing with then pulling. Pulling is your back, which for me includes traps, uh, biceps, and forearms for gripping, right? And then legs, everything lower body. And that three-day split is pretty simple. And the way that I go into the gym, I, I do a warm-up. I do like 15, 20 minutes of yoga stretching every time. When I say go into the gym, that's usually let's go outside and go play with the weights on my weight pile, which you can see on the Gardenia Telegram channel. And I've, I've really enjoyed having an outdoor gym. You know, when it's cold out, you get to exercise your willpower also. And I've loved getting my workouts down to something very simple here. And it's only when I'm not doing manual labor, but like I said, I haven't lifted in three weeks and you know, my arms still look like this. I'm still maintaining this muscle mass because I've been doing intense manual labor and eating one vegan meal a day, which apparently gets you to, you know, allows you to gain more muscle than you would otherwise. And I guess we'll talk about this with, with the, uh, the steroids in our next segment, but for working out, 
um, I go into the, I go into the gym knowing like, Hey, I want to work these muscles. And I start with primary compound exercises. Um, I don't want to take the time for this today, but if someone really wants, um, you know, maybe, maybe when we do a video just on my weightlifting routine, um, I'll, I'll actually explain like the exercises and the patterns, but, um, I, I, it's, it's really pretty simple. I start with incline barbell bench every time. You know, I do a bunch of, you know, sort of a bunch of dumbbell flies. I do tricep kickbacks um, when I'm doing my pulling exercise. You know, I, I do I do a lot of pull-ups and uh, deadlifts and and bent over rows and, you know, it's simple bicep curls. And if I'm doing a decent amount of manual labor, I don't need to do forearm exercises. because I get my forearms beat to shit with the chainsaw and clearing brush and, and doing other stuff, moving rocks around the property. So, um, when I started this, I was actually doing a lot more exercise and when I'm not doing manual labor now, my routine is actually more intense than it used to be. And Joey's seen me do this. I get up in the morning and I do my, like, I take my, my first vitamins of the day. I take a shit. I make the bed. I drink some water. I meditate and I stretch. And then I either do an abs workout or, uh, I have this splits app on my phone and it's like how to do the splits and it takes you through these legs sort of special stretching workouts. So either abs or my splits workout, it's about 20 ish minutes in the morning. And then I go for a run with the dogs. Um, and it's not long, but it's enough that it's like straight cardio and it's good running. And I feel like I get, uh, by the way, it's, it's boots and youths cross-country running on the property it's really fun running on the rocks and very terrain with the dogs following me in formation and um it it's uh well like the perimeter of our property is half a mile 10 acres four eighths on a square and i run the perimeter with some variety in it so it's like three quarters to a, of a mile to one mile it's not much but it's enough i think that i get a really good cardio rev benefit from that when I do that in the morning, if I'm not doing manual labor. Uh, so is it, Joey, does that kind of give the picture of like what I do? I mean, I, I do a lot of, I, I think in, in the lifestyle here, there's a certain amount of physical activity that I built in every day. So that even if I have an office day, I have to go walk the dogs twice a day. You know, I at least have to let them out and, and give them time outside. You know, if we're out of water, I have to go physically fix the water. You know, I have to go fill the jugs to bring them into the cabin here. You know, when the shit buckets fill up, I have to go take out the shit buckets. You know, I, there's a certain amount of physical activity that I've deliberately built into my lifestyle that, that I love, you know, and, and even when I have an office day, I should point out that when I use my fabulous app still on, on most days to have a checklist that I run through in my, my morning routine and my evening routine, I have a midday routine. So I stop myself if I'm, if I'm sitting at my desk all day, I'll get up and walk the dogs and make sure I'm drinking more water and take some minute, you know, take a few minutes to stretch and meditate in the middle of the day too. Yeah. And you said right here, it's, it's lifestyle. So, I mean, a lot of people are so glued to their nine to five and their Babylon life and Christ putting the gym in there is just, are you kidding me? Like Marty already got me out of my house 10 hours a fucking day. I'd like to see my family. Right. So uh, it, it's just about, I don't know, staying active, right? And, and, and engaging it. So everything you said, if you got a really active day, you might not stop and, and do your midday thing. 
Right? You know, and yeah, yeah. Like you're the flexibility. Not like you're on this stringent, right. military like, like, 8 a.m. I walk the dogs and I'm done at 8 30 and then at 9 o'clock I do that. It's it's not that. It's and just, then I flow with it. Conscientious every day yes. about how stagnant your body is. And there's days where you'll you know, verbalize it like, nah, I just, I need a day. I've been doing manual labor on I'm the not couch for three days. My body's beat. I'm going to, I don't, this is a recovery. <laughs> I don't need to work out today. And I giggle at you all the time. It's like, well, give yourself a rest. You don't tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're convincing yourself that it's okay. And I would go further than that and say, it's not just okay. It's absolutely necessary and for some people your body wants to shut down for three days don't feel bad about that listen to your body is is is, is the best thing that i can add to this and maybe that's more for a woman because like you said our you have our a monthly cycle as well we're literally yeah. changing every single month in a way that a man's is not and never will yeah and you know so so maybe this is more for women than men but yeah if you if you're like you know Fuck you, world. I'm calling out of work and I am crashing and sitting in the tub for three days and I'm going to sleep for 12 hours. Do it if that's what your body needs. Don't ignore it. So I'm really glad you said all that. And it reminds me of, of two very important things because you said about people who are stuck on the Babylonian, you know, hamster wheel, for example, right? Doing the rat race thing. It's tough when you've committed eight to 10 hours a day to your work life to separate your fitness or your health routine from that and again think about the cost benefit analysis can you work less in order to live longer can you sacrifice making money in order to have wealth in your health and your fitness and really do that math with a proper analysis of your values and how much you love being alive and what that means for you long term but the second part of that as a, a sidebar to the sidebar, Joey, at this point, uh, you know, the saying, if you can't find five minutes to meditate a day, you better find an hour. That's, that's it's very okay. profound. Yeah, I mean, I could spend, do it every day. I could spend an hour explaining that and unpacking that. But like, if you really have so little fucking freedom in your life that you can't stop and meditate five minutes a day. And I, I, I try to meditate 10 minutes a day, twice a day. And I have a variety of flexible meditation practices built into my life you can wait until i'm done with a thought you don't have to enter you don't have to do that i know you always have something to say it's okay joey um but when when you if you can't make that time find an hour you really need to stop and reconsider why is your life so hectic why does your life have so little freedom in it? why do you have so little time to find stillness and thoughtfulness in your life that you can't find five minutes, you better find an hour. And if you find that hour, here's what's going to happen. You're going to reconsider your life. You're going to reconsider your values and how they apply to your daily habits. If you can't find the time to exercise enough to be healthy because you're, you're because of your job, it's all the more important that you, you can't find five minutes now because meditation might come first for you. Find a fucking hour and you're going to find the time then to reconsider what's really important and go, this job's not worth it. I really need to make the time to go to the gym. And I mean, Joey and I, we kind of marvel every day at the luxury of the lifestyle that we've achieved for ourselves here. But the thing is we shit in buckets and we don't have money and we're totally happy with that. 
because we have material wealth. We have lifestyle wealth. We have a flow. We have so many other things that are worth more to us because we decided to build our life from the ground up without the expectations of others imposed on you. And that's necessity. That's a necessity for freedom to be free of the, that other pressure, that external uh, coercion, whether it's direct coercion or implied coercion, or just the pressure of social expectations. But to be able to create that lifestyle for yourself from the ground up based on your values is worth more. Like I, I don't want to go back. I'd rather be poor and healthy than, than rich and unhealthy in a heartbeat. That's, that's, that's not a tough question for me. I, I know it's never that simple, <laughs> right? It's, it's definitely more complicated, but uh, it, it really does kind of come down to that. You know, where do you, where do you want to draw the balance for yourself in, in, in how you spend your time? Joey, what was your point? Do we have, do we have another comment or question? I know. We didn't <laughs> okay. I, my mantra my whole life though has been about the same as, and I remember saying this to my first little boyfriend in high school, you know, when you sit down, you're like, what do you, what do, you do with your life? Uh, I, my answer has always been, I just want peace. And if that comes in a cardboard box or a mansion, I don't care. I just want the peace. And, and I mean that. And, yeah, you have to create that. It looks different for everybody. Okay. So still looking for comments, questions, challenges, callers. Uh, but we're going to do two last segments. And these are the juiciest ones, I would say. We're going to talk about steroids and we're going to talk about drugs. Yeah. Last two bits of this and then we can wrap things up. Oh, well, then we get to we can get to veganism on the moon. And I'm going to give my sort of uh, vegan uh, shout outs to my to my influences here. Uh, but first, steroids and testosterone replacement therapy. When I was in the Marine Corps, steroids was very common. Steroids were was the use of steroids was. Um, and there is a bit of a definitional challenge here. I almost want, I want to Google like the word steroids uh, because for a lot of people. There are, you know, is it steroids? If it's if it's legal, if it's illegal, um, what makes it, you know, is it a steroid? If it crosses the Mexican border into the United States, it's legal there, but it's illegal there. There, it's just a drug. Here, it's it's steroids. Um, so steroids, a steroid is a by, by Wikipedia's definition, biologically active organic compound with four rings arranged in specific molecular configuration with two principal biological functions as important components of cell membranes with which alter membrane fluidity and as signaling molecules. And hundreds of steroids are found in plants, animals, and fungi. And so this is the point where the, the actual definition of the word is very inclusive. Um, I got a steroid shot recently for my shoulder injury. Uh, that was like six months ago, I think, maybe four months ago, because I had right after it happened, you know, I had the inflammation. So I took an anti-inflammation steroid. But when you talk about illegal muscle building compounds, things that are illegal that people take to build muscle, that's one definition of steroids. And by that, I did steroids. I did Sustanon. I did uh, one uh, relatively simple testosterone complex. And Sustanon, I think, is, is named for being a sustained cycle. So it's different. It's a blend of different testosterones that have different half-lives. So they last longer. Um, took it by injection and then did a pill at the end of the cycle for remoderating my testosterone balance in some way. And that was when I got to my biggest. Uh, I was 228 pounds at one point. 
and I was like 13, 14% muscle fat or body fat. Now today I'm like, today I was 214 and um, I'm, I'm probably like what 10, 11% body fat. So um, I'm, I'm really, and that was, there was a lot of water weight when you do steroids or when you do, um, you know, some of that at that, that, that level where you're pushing it for muscle mass. And I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember, you know, the dosages or, you know, it, a lot of my, my numbers, I didn't take notes or anything back then. Um, part of it was because it was illegal and being in the Marine Corps carried an extra liability for me. Although Marines get in trouble for steroids all the time and it's you know, slap on the wrist kind of stuff. Um, because, you know, they, they, they tend to look the other way. It's stuff that, you know, makes you compromises your long-term health to make you a better Marine. They're okay with that. With right. That damn cannabis. Yeah. But don't, don't smoke the devil's lettuce. Cause that'll make you a free thinker and that makes you a terrible Marine. So, uh, my experience though with steroids was really pretty good. Um, I don't like the legal liability that came with it. Um, and I don't like the fact that I didn't have uh, a way of sourcing it that I might've had more confidence in. Like when I did uh, TRT and was able to get it, uh, from a pharmacy in the mail. And so, um, Aside from that, though, it was a generally positive experience. Now, that being said, what I did with steroids was was like kind of baby steps compared to what you see a lot of people doing in, uh, you know, mainstream bodybuilding where they're trying to get as, as big as they possibly can, sacrifice their joint health. And I will say, like, I've pushed this to Colette's point of exercising in moderation, just being aware uh, of where your limits are and what, why you're doing what you're doing. I, I fucked up my back, uh, playing rugby in college from doing super heavy half squats that I had all sorts of weird justifications for like, well, I'm a prop and it's part of the motion I'm doing when I'm in a scrum et cetera, et cetera. But the fact is there was no reason for me to be lifting that with that bad form, uh, high weight, low rep format generally, uh, Again, and by the way, I should say this about lifting. I don't go for one rep maxes. I, it's not fun for me. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun, um, but you're much more likely to injure yourself doing that. And if you're not putting the time into doing it carefully, uh, for me, it's just not worth the time doing it carefully in order to uh, be safe doing, you know, high weight, uh, low rep stuff. And I've injured myself in the past with that. And so it's not worth it. And the other thing is when you, uh, when you get to the point of using steroids where you are developing your muscles in, in a much more outsized way than what your body was designed for, and then you're straining yourself with lifts that your body might not be able to take, you're much more likely to get injuries. And I see a lot of bodybuilders, right? When I, when I follow bodybuilding, you'd see a lot of bodybuilders with that kind of repetitive motion, stress injuries, long-term joint deterioration. And I'm like, I never wanted to get into that realm. Um, and so I've been, you know, bulking, so to speak, very slowly and gaining my muscle mass uh, back very slowly over the years. I went from my peak at 228 on steroids all the way back down to 200 and relatively soft. And I've slowly built up being really lean now um, up, up to 214. So then uh, testosterone replacement therapy is when you go to a doctor and you say, Hey, 
I'd like my testosterone levels to be higher. Can you test me? Are they low enough that I qualify for you to medically prescribe me testosterone? And for basically any man who's passed his youthful surge of testosterone, you can qualify for this. You can get a doctor to write a prescription for whatever reason. Um, it's kind of bullshit that they make you do this still in modern medicine because it really should be, hey, I'd like to increase my testosterone under medical supervision. Can we do that safely? I mean, shit, women can do that if they want to have, uh, they, they want to go through a sex change. So why can't a man do that who wants to optimize his health, right? Or even just optimize his physique if it's something that he wants to do conscientiously. You should be able to do it legally and as safely as you can afford and as modern medicine provides. And so for a lot of men now, testosterone replacement therapy for anybody who's like 40 plus is considered pretty normal. Like, hey, you want to maintain that for a lot of men, there's no long term negative effect. And I don't want to say this is medical advice, but it is done safely and negligibly when it's under medical supervision. You got your blood work done every six months. So you're actually really increasing your health consciousness because you have an excuse now to get your blood work done every six months. And I, I'm off of it now because it was too expensive. Honestly, I couldn't afford it. Um, and so I'll probably go back on it now that I'm 40. Um, I'd like to get back on, on testosterone regularly. And uh, if I can get it through, I don't think the VA will cover this. They cover, um, boner pills if you need boner pills but live longer and be healthier in general no they don't want to support that but for men just Apparently, having uh we we have th this is not natural and people say well are you natural well i'm natural right now in the sense that one vegan meal a day but you see the supplement or i'm not i'm not injecting anything illegal right now but you look at the supplements i'm taking th that's not fucking natural you look at a perfect vegan diet, that's not natural either. You know, as grazers, as hunter-gatherers, that's not natural. But it's what's healthy and what's optimal. Testosterone replacement therapy, definitely not natural. But it is something that every dude should consider and should take the time to understand. And certainly every man in America who has access to it and has a disposable income, if you're over 40, you should look into it and understand it. And I'm planning on getting back on it. Now, you know, I'll let everybody know how it goes. So, um, yeah, does that cover? I, I thought there'd be more like questions about steroids and testosterone and injections and people Nobody talking about Adam cheating. Because I guess now that we're over two hours into the podcast, Look, the only people listening are really open-minded and just here to learn. Probably. You know? They they prescribe, you know, when I have had terrible, put me in the hospital, flare-ups, steroids. And there are people with advanced Crohn's that don't have their shit on as much of a leash as I do that are on uh, a roller coaster, an up-and-down dose of steroids daily. So it's, it's the same thing, you know, the drug companies, there is a street alternative to everything because it's not being sold by the doctors. Right. And that stigma, especially with steroids is, uh, it's still there when people don't realize that you're getting steroids when, when you get, um, yeah. any kind of inflammation in your body. Yeah. So right? the term is it, it, there's, I want to say I am There's not the anabolic steroids. Right. They're different. Yeah. Call it Alan brought that up. Isn't it that's a good, that's a good distinction. Right. So 
Wait, anabolic are the ones that are at no. See, okay, so that's an important distinction, but it's not good or bad. Thank you for that, Colette. I very much appreciate your comment. So steroids is that class of compounds as per the Wikipedia definition that I read that has that sort of general biological classification. Lots of things are steroids, right? Anabolic, the word anabolic means muscle building. Its opposite is catabolic. Catabolic means muscle breaking down. Catabolic means muscle building or synthesizing muscle tissue. So steroids um, for other purposes would be steroids that are non-anabolic. Anabolic steroids would be muscle building steroids, but that's not good or bad because is it good or bad is kind of a subjective judgment. I will apply my judgment here, right? And I'm really glad you brought it up so that I can do this. Because there are bodybuilders, there are strength athletes who use steroids, who use anabolic steroids to build muscle mass. Is it good or bad? Is it any, is it any different from me taking glutamine to, to have muscle recovery just because it's an amino acid and it's not injectable? So good bad or bad? That there's okay. That does We're not going to get into that, but that's another point that's worth mentioning here. There's dishonesty and integrity when it comes to competitive sports. If you sign something and you entered into a sports league or competition with an agreement with your competitors that you are not currently taking any particular substances, it doesn't matter whether it's steroids or creatine or cream or whatever the fuck it is. If you agree to it. There's the integrity factor, and that's completely separate from these other points of is it healthy or is it steroids or is it good or bad? So a lot of men and bodybuilders, women actually, it's worse with women who get into the muscle building because they, they really fuck themselves up with that. So here's, here's where it comes down to is it good or bad? If you're having good effects for your goals, for you it's good. If it compromises your long-term health more than you intended to, you're doing it wrong. If it's compromising your long-term health at all, I would say it's bad for me. And this is where, where I will say my use of elite. So there's also the distinction of, is it legal or illegal for steroids? My use of illegal steroids, eh, you know, it was pretty basic shit. It was just a sustenon injection it was a testosterone mix pretty safe as far as steroids go now by contrast look at joe rogan you know people used to say joe rogan's fat he's not fat he has very low body fat he has a distended belly you look at some of those bodybuilders like the real massive freaks they don't just have super big muscles and low body fat they also have like a big torso like they have like a pregnant belly even though they have really low body fat, it's because their internal organs have grown because of the use of HGH or human growth hormone. And I never wanted, I never want to be so big that I compromise my leanness and my overall healthy body composition. Some guys are willing to do that. And if you're willing to do that to achieve that look, hey, that's up to you. There are guys who inject stuff and take different supplements to get that veiny look. I don't really like that. I don't want to look veiny, but am I going to say, what's that? I have that naturally. Joey's, well, Joey has really low body fat because of Crohn's also, but naturally in her face and, and her genetics is to have more veins on the surface that show on her skin, right? I, I don't need that. But if someone wants that look and they take a drug that does that 
and it doesn't significantly compromise their long-term health, then I'm, is that a good steroid or a bad steroid? You know, more power to them for taking charge of their system and doing what they want with their bodies. Um, so good or bad, the distinction has to be made on all these different criteria. Is it good or bad? Did we beat that horse all the way to death? Yeah, okay. So the last thing then, drugs. Other drugs, other drugs, fun drugs. The devil's lettuce, cannabis, your um, your uh, COVID vitamins, right? Is we were joking about this with regards to uh, COVID from the very beginning, uh, because because cannabis enthusiasts like Joey and myself have long known that cannabis users, on average, have slimmer waistlines. Yeah, no shit. And uh, lower incidence of cancer compared to people who smoke weed uh, and tobacco versus people who smoke just tobacco. So we saw that COVID trended with obesity in terms of you know bad outcomes for COVID. And we we're like, well, then take your COVID vitamins, slim your waistline yeah, right. and be, be better with COVID. Um, obviously, out. it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it turns out actually that cannabis directly has compounds in it or has compounds in it that directly uh what is it they interfere with the viral reproduction of the covid virus itself yes, no shit interfere with it and the cannabis strain dependent has anti-inflammatory properties so you get that in your lungs and that's great for the covid not sticking to your overly inflamed lung so hnos well Joey and I are actually big fans and advocates of cannabis. I want to talk about first sort of in the abstract, you know, how to approach drugs. Jeffrey Brown, why should I take health advice from someone smoking a bong? You don't care for your lungs. Now, I was, I'll tell you, there's been studies. That, yeah, if you're burning an organoleptic compound, there's going to be some carbon, right? Yeah. But it is insignificant with cannabis. As to anything at tobacco, especially. no. So this no, and a lot of the yeah. compounds of cannabis combat the damage, right? Would otherwise, this, be done. So it's like they yeah, yeah. each other out. Two two points. One, I want to reemphasize what I said. There are longitudinal studies that show people who smoke tobacco have a certain <laughs> cancer rate. People who smoke tobacco and cannabis have a lower cancer rate. People who smoke just cannabis have an even, even lower cancer rate. So now, when you say don't care about your lungs. The point here that is legitimate behind this comment is that if you are going to consume cannabinoids, you can avoid inhaling the combustion from smoking it. I'm even worse. I'm smoking in a direct wooden pipe. Oh. Sometimes I smoke in a chill. No, sometimes you can avoid smoking. Well, hold on. So you can, you can vape and you can do edibles. And if that works for you, I support you doing that. I'm willing to accept for myself, and this is a thoughtful decision, that, and I'm actually more worried about inhaling the uh, the, the the propane or was it butane or in the big, what is yeah. what do bigs have in them? We can use like hemp wick instead. Yeah, if I was but, really but yeah, concerned about that 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 micro level of of purity of health, you know, uh, to me, I would rather live happy and stress free and consume cannabis freely the way that I do then light a hemp wick every time and smoke through a bong with an ice cube in it to make sure it's cool, clean smoke. 
Um, I think I get more benefit from this overall. To me, that is a minor sacrifice for fun, flavor, and convenience that's totally worth it. Encourages me to be happy and stress-free and consume more cannabis in a healthy, consistent way, which for me is generally sipping throughout the day. Um, Different people, different things. But the approach is your consciousness is the ultimate place where your sovereignty resides. If you don't have the if you don't have the freedom to experiment with your consciousness, you're not free. So embrace that freedom and engineer your brain, engineer your consciousness as best you are able to with what's available. In the United States, for most Americans, cannabis of different strains of consistency is available. If it's not, if you have, and, and I don't, I don't want to say everybody should smoke cannabis. Everybody should consider it, and everybody should try it. You know, I, I, I really need. Yeah, uh, Colette Allen, I don't smoke, so I eat mine. That's great. But cannabis is such a wonder medicine plant with so many different benefits for mental health and physical health in different ways. Everybody needs to look at cannabis and go, what can this do to enhance my life? Then we look at, uh, we'll get alcohol. You know, I use alcohol occasionally, and I'd like to say I keep it to a minimum, but as a recreational compromise, it's fine. If you drink one glass of wine a day or a few times a week, that will be even better for you, right? If you never get drunk, but you have just a little bit of that in your life and a little bit of alcohol. Studies are, are you know, varied results from different studies I've seen throughout the years, but they all indicate that there's at least some benefit to drinking a small amount of red wine. For me, it's just like, eh, I'll have an evening once or twice a week. I'll enjoy my rum drinks or some meat or some cider. You know, and, and, and that's, I get it. That's a bit of a compromise for me, um, but that's, it's one that I enjoy. Um, other drugs. I, I just listened to the audiobook uh, called Drug Use for Grownups by Dr. Carl Hart. And he's actually a big fan of amphetamines in general. He doesn't mean just meth, um, but uh, MDMA is technically an amphetamine. Um, there are a, a host of other therapeutic psychedelics that are technically amphetamines. In terms of methamphetamine itself, um, I actually wish there was more positive open usage or, or knowledge of this and we had access to clean meth that at least people could experiment with because for some people it might be healthier than caffeine. You know, and, and I know this in terms of my experience with cocaine. And I, I love telling the story where uh, I, I used to stay up editing with cocaine. And I would, I would joke on my podcast, it's my healthy alternative to coffee because coffee makes me jittery and bothers my stomach. And when I would do Coke to stay, I would stay up all night for marathon video editing. Like I'd go to CPAC, a conservative political action conference in DC, and just nonstop interviews all day. And while it was fresh in my mind, I wanted to go home, stay up all night and, and, and clip out all the interviews. Right. And I would take tiny bumps of Coke through the night. And I could stay up and, and be fully functional, sleep a few hours, go back and do one more day and do three days like that and then be exhausted. I need a day and a half to catch up on sleep. So I'm not saying that that's like a long term health optimization thing, but maybe for some people having a bump of Coke in the morning or more likely chewing cocoa leaves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where there's like an organic, natural way, not the chemically derived cocaine or crack or something else. And this is where the illegality prevents us from doing this or talking about it even openly until relatively recently. But now I want people to think about it as, you know, how do I optimize my brain? And this is where we get to psychedelics and mushrooms 
that we're just exploring. And this, it, Joey will attest to this. Most of the ways that I cheat outside of my diet window is actually eating psychedelic mushrooms. Did you, did you need to say something, dear, about that? Uh, you no, know, you were talking about the legality of it and it's important and something that I've, I recognize this as a kid legitimately doing drugs to just experiment and party, right? A lot of the ones ended up being a medicinal thing. Didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I totally lost my thought on where I was going. Oh, a lot of the, the illegality and the fear and the guilt, the shame and the weight that puts on you is a contributor to the overuse because if you score a bag of Coke, God forbid yeah. you hold on to that for a month. <laughs> anybody can come up to you. And, yeah. and meanwhile, maybe your rational, yeah. responsible brain says, yeah, I want this bag of Coke to last me a month. But fuck, the cops are going to get me. My friends are all here. Let's just snort it all down and party it up. And who cares? And, and I think without that, yes. that illegality, people would be doing drugs more responsibly. And and, and I say that <laughs> <from the laughs> experience. I've never given a fuck about the laws. I'm, my dad was a cop growing up, which didn't make me think I was immune, but it's like, I knew better. I knew how yeah. to not get caught doing illegal things. When And I never created a victim or, or it, oh, my phone is dying. Oh, That's no. Uh oh, right Joey's going to be audio only for the rest of the episode until she comes to stand behind me to take a bomb rip on screen. Yeah, another unfortunate side effect of the drug war. Yeah, no, I, I would sum up your point to say even a little bit of prohibition can go a long way to fucking up the natural harmony of the free market in terms of finding the maximum points of value for conscientious drug use. And it is anybody who's studied Austrian economics and would do the same nerdy analysis that I would needs to be able to see the potential value in what if everybody had access to all of this and could talk about it openly and could get it freely and hold it safely and have access to safe sources and could do it with a doctor's supervision potentially. Right. Uh, we, who, who knows just what we would be superhumans. Compared to how we are now, if everybody on earth had access to every drug available and all the information to using it well, we would be superhumans by comparison to how we are today. We would be so much happier, healthier, at peace with each other. And that's, you know, Joey, your thing about holding, it's like with psychedelics, what I've talked about when I when I got that sheet of 50 tabs of acid and just carried it around in my fanny pack in order to make my life a continuous Fourth Amendment audit. Uh but psychedelics in general are, are very important to uh, achieving, I think, inner peace and, and acceptance. Um, and I don't want to say that it's essential, but, you know, like with technically cannabis is, is a psychedelic, right, by the classification of it as a drug. And you have a cannabinoid system, you have an endocannabinoid system that is designed with receptors to the specific terpenes and other compounds and THC that's in cannabis that we have evolved to interact with. Similarly with psilocybin mushrooms, we have evolved to be able to handle that in such a way that I guess our brain actually is, is made optimal in a lot of ways through the connections that are made with psilocybin. So we're going to be talking about psilocybin a lot in the future, obviously, since I made it legal for myself and I can at least say here, I grow and give away psilocybin mushrooms. Um, but I, our, every time I ponder the, the, the body of knowledge around psilocybin, around mushrooms, it's really amazing how ignorant we are, what suppressed knowledge 
and, and wisdom this this is. So there's a lot that we can discover uh, in terms of the meditation values, the relationship, the self-therapy values, uh, in terms of what we're doing here with the nonprofit, Homefront Battle Buddies, helping veterans deal with suicide, depression, and PTSD. There's a lot of potential with a lot of these compounds. One specifically, MDMA, um, the original Molly. Um, Joey and I were just joking. Oh, now our kitties are going off there. They need food? Mama cat needs food? Oh, um, what was I talking about? MDMA. MDMA. Yes, thank you. Joey and I were just joking that we're old enough to remember when every term around Molly was referring to pure MDMA and then got cut with different street things. And, and now we have to say MDMA to refer to that compound specifically that was originally developed as a therapy drug and then made illegal when people were having fun with it. And they were like, no, this is helping people beat depression and, and have positive relationships and things like that. Um, and then ketamine as a depression therapy, I think is a lot of, a lot of uh, there's a lot of hope for that also um, that is even being explored now with ketamine clinics where you can go in and do uh, ketamine drip. Um, and then uh, it's, it's under medical supervision. You can go back on a, on a regular basis and, a lot of people have had positive experiences for depression with that. Uh, but then psychedelics, but particularly MDM or particularly excuse me, mushrooms and, and, and psilocybin. And this is the, the last point that I'm going to make here. Uh, and then we'll, we'll check in with comments again and, and get Jim on screen and wrap things up. Uh, there's a certain thing that, that you get out of meditation of inner peace Um there was a Tibetan monk who had been meditating for decades who took psilocybin and said, wow, this is what I've been trying to do for decades. And to me, it's best summed up by this idea that when you're doing psychedelics or when you're in a deep meditative state or when you're in tune with God in a flow state, that love vibration of the universe that is what I define as God, there's an overwhelming sensation that everything is right in the universe. It's not knowledge. It's not awareness. It's a sensation. It's an acceptance. Every molecule, every atom in the universe is exactly where it should be. That's peace. There's something about the human brain that can get that through decades of meditation or through really intense, thoughtful psychedelic use. And I think we should explore all of it. And we should think about what works for us. And I hope that tonight's episode has been fun for you. I hope it's been informative. And I hope that for the ways that I, you know, watch this, you know, 36-minute video, Vegan Strongman Eats One Meal a Day, uh, and was inspired by that to design my own regimen and do my own research to fill in the gaps for myself to design uh, a physical healthcare routine that, that works for me. I hope that this episode has served as appropriate food for thought for you to do that for yourself. So finally, shout out to Christopher Sullivan, Plant Powered Muscle. You can find him on Instagram, to Vegan Gains on YouTube, to being bit for being big influences on me, and for Vegan Sidekick, vegansidekick.com, uh, for their comics, for everything that they've done. Um, and again, if you want uh, your vegan fallacy is.com, check that out. And finally, we're gonna we're gonna skip over this real fast. Because we are, we are going to be over two and a half minutes for this, or two and a half hours <laughs> for this episode. Uh, the sun 
v-sun.com has this headline read plan it as in plan dash it because they do stupid things like that in journalism school that's where they teach you uh -huh. inside life and, and wordplay inside life in elon musk's mars colony with vegan diets and terraforming red planet into second earth and this is where it's just like the the sort of when you have technology and nutritional awareness the inescapable logic and superiority of veganism in in every way if you're going to mars you got to be efficient in, in the food you're producing uh, you got to be as healthy as you possibly can. If your life is on the line because you can't live as long as you can or be as efficient with the calories that you have available, you better make sure those calories are the ones that your body is most primed to absorb. And it's not meat. It's a nutritional crutch. It's not necessary. And um, I, I would say it's not being as ethical as we can be. Extend the non-aggression principle to, to everything with a face. Oh, yeah, I forgot to add that. I don't. I, I haven't been eating shellfish. But I don't have a problem eating shellfish with my veganism because they don't have faces. They either they can't feel or experience pain, suffering, exploitation. A crab has a face. I've seen it just before it goes into that bucket where it's steamed alive. That's and a crustacean. I said shellfish is in. I'm sorry if I made the distinction wrong. Okay. But like clams, so like oysters, mussels. No, oh, not shrimp. Oh, oysters, I said mussels. I said without a face. Okay. I said anything without a face. A lot of vegetarians. Potatoes have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I remember. When you know vegetarianism and veganism was first becoming trendy, I don't know, like a couple of decades ago in America, one of the one of the things people like to say as a casual way of describing the the ethical part of this is I don't eat anything with a face. Well, mussels and clams and scallops and all those things don't have faces, so I don't have a problem eating them. And I hope now that, that the people who uh, may may have objected to the self righteousness that that uh, they often project onto the word veganism they understand now what i mean when i use it and with that jim get on screen here joey do your last pass of the comments what's going on jim jim let's get your your ombudsman coverage of this episode since you haven't been on screen at all for two and a half hours thanks for everything you've thrown up there um yeah. what do you think uh, I love it. I love everything you were saying. I threw that comment up about, uh, under my own name about the supplements because I've been thinking about that myself. I just wanted—I didn't want to feel like like I was taking a bunch of stuff and I wouldn't know if it was being wasteful, if it was unnecessary, if it was doing any good. You know, I wouldn't want to take a bunch of stuff if it's not actually genuinely benefiting me. You know, if it's placebo, if it's just power of my mind or whatever, then you know a good general multivitamin i could could be a good base obviously yeah but where where to go after that i'm like i you know you can just try to start taking stuff see how you feel and trial and error and build yourself a regime of what makes you feel good i suppose yeah what's making you feel bad and yeah. what's helpful for that yeah no I, I will point this out i think i do especially now that i'm I'm doing the cachava once a day i i want to next time i do my supplements and, and lay out all my pills I'm going to pare down a little bit more. Uh, there is a point of diminishing returns where you're taking in vitamins in, in a way that your body can't absorb. And you it's just expensive urine, I think, is the joke that a lot of nutritionists, nutritionists use. Well, those supplements work to make your, your urine really expensive um, because you're just pissing it out, basically. The, the right, right. Some, a lot of the stuff that people take in excess. It, it's not harmful, except that your body, it's, it's, it's using part of your body's nutritional processing, digestive capacity, but you're really just pissing them through your body. And in that, in that sense, 
I would much rather err on the side of taking too much rather than too little. Because right. taking too little of something, if you don't notice it, after a few decades of being deficient, means that some chronic condition creeps up. And I'd rather have expensive urine than some chronic deficiency that leads me to an early grave. All right, what's this you really want, wanted us to respond to, Joey? No, no, that's just a quote. I'm putting that up for everybody else's viewing. Your conscientiousness is ultimately where your sovereignty resides. You said that. This guy right here. Good stuff, bro. Oh, I said that. You said that. You said that. I said that earlier. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a rephrasing. I don't think I was that eloquent with it, but yeah. You're, well, I'm going to say it now. Your conscientiousness is ultimately where your sovereignty resides. I would say your consciousness, not conscientiousness. Conscientiousness is not being conscientious, like aware of projecting out in your effect. Consciousness. Your consciousness is is. No, I would say I rephrase it like this. Your consciousness is where your ultimate sovereignty resides. Nice. All right. One more, one more thing I would say is maybe that last thing you said could be the great compromise for meat eaters. So if they could just talk the meat eaters into uh, stop eating things with faces, you can eat yeah. all the meat you want from stuff with no faces, the clams and shit, then, yeah. you know, maybe uh, they can satisfy their addiction to meat. Another, another um, thing we didn't, we didn't mention about eating meat with fish this is, this is one of the great modern tragedies, although I would say we don't need fish anymore at this point anyway. But before we realized veganism fully uh, through modern nutritional understanding and economic, et cetera, et cetera, um, we poisoned the oceans to the point where you're not supposed to eat fish anyway. It's, that's fucking tragic. Like even if you if you if you don't believe in the whole meat eating or the, the whole veganism ethical thing or or nutritional part for yourself at all and you love fish, tough shit. There's too much mercury in the oceans. There's too much mercury. Yeah, fish is and tainted also, now. From, fish from is from just before. fucking like, tainted. Sorry, fish. It, with some minor exceptions, I know, but overall, fish is fucking tainted. I I believe shellfish, like uh, actual not not crustaceans, but shellfish, are lower down the food chain enough oh we're gonna lose oh, wow. let me fix this we gotta turn in go. uh-oh 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 nothing's on oh we're gonna we got the we're solar power beep because we've had snow all day i meant to talk about this we just got like eight inches of snow today crazy uh winter storm let's see i'm gonna turn this off now, we'll just do the last couple minutes of the show with Adam's <laughs> creepy laptop screen light. That's the answer. Look, that fixed the beeping, didn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah our, our wind turbine's been going, but apparently we ate up all of that electricity today. Yeah, go to uh, our, our look up Gardenia on Telegram. We've got some really cool pictures of the dogs playing in the snow and what eight inches of snow looks like here. Um, now, while well, you're on Telegram, join t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. <laughs> and then gardenia t.me slash the garden of freedom to go straight to that um we were talking about something with the nutrition oh about shellfish that they're low enough down the food chain in the ocean that i think they have a lot less mercury so that might be safer and sustainable and, and that would be a sort of better treat for people if you wanted to eat meat if someone like me was like ah i need to eat meat or it's available i got some kind of canned clams or I like, I love scallops, you know? 
Oh, is the microwave? The microwave. No. Oh, the light. Oh, the light. Oh, you left the door to the microwave. Anyway. Um. I think that really covers it, though. Yeah, so do drugs, lift weights, be vegan, um, meditate. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, we've, we've, we've covered mental health, where maybe I wouldn't hold myself up as the same example as for physical health. Uh, <laughs> but no, we've covered mental health from a lot of different angles as a continuous theme uh, throughout the history of Adam versus the man. Uh, but I think connecting it to all this fundamental physical health, maybe that's the best way to end this, is that you know, whatever your experience as a human being is, as a brain, as a consciousness, requires the vessel of a healthy body to support it, to send blood and nutrients to your nervous system, to be able to experience life, to be able to love and live. And for all of that, you owe it to yourself to be uh, thoughtful and conscientious about everything that we've, ex we've talked about tonight. And at the same time, find a balance uh, of, of being able to flow and you know be able to experience different things you know like i say uh, i do one meal a day well i cheat on a regular basis um i'll on, instead of it being a, a legitimate one meal in a, in a one hour or two hour window i'll start with a snack of a handful of trail mix at noon or i'll microdose mushrooms in the morning and technically that's a few calories because i had a few caps of mushrooms you know or if if i'm gonna do lsd um, in an evening, I might have lunch as my meal because I know I'm not going to be hungry in the evening when I'm on LSD. You know, so I have all that flexibility built into this as well. And um, I, I feel like at 40, I've at least figured out enough for me that I think I can hold myself up as an example of thoughtful physical fitness in an efficient, effective way that uh, everybody's learned uh, learned from tonight and enjoyed. So. With that, Jim, final producer notes, please. Word. I'll oh, and smoke behind oh, me. And smoke weed every day. Um, well, t.me forward slash man. Get your ass to the yeah, t.me. Sneak into the frame here. With you, just grab your bong over the shoulder. Here we go. He went away. Where'd he go? There he is. Eat every day. So the next just, episode. <coughs> Excuse me. T.me forward slash Shadowverse Man. Get there free for everybody to join. If you want to support the show financially, patreon.com forward slash Adam versus Demand. If you want to help end the need for combat veterans in existence, homefrontbattlebuddies.org is where you can look into how did we do that. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. We had a great one. Listen to this, man, and uh, enjoy your week. Until next time. Yeah, I guess the last thing, I, I've, I've lived my example today. I haven't had any calories yet. I'm getting hungry. We've been This is a long show for us, two hours and 40 minutes. I've been Without a break. Off cam. No break. She's been sneaking off cam and, and munching and doing all sorts of, yeah, oh, yeah. I've been on camera for two hours and 40 minutes, and I my energy's fine. I'm actually I'm not even that hungry. You know, you get... It's it sounds crazy. One vegan meal a day. It's really not. <laughs> I feel happier and healthier and stronger almost than I've ever been.
like that exception being when I was putting way too much time into lifting and steroids and rugby and, and training and all that. I feel great. I'm, I'm happy to hold myself up as an example for physical fitness and, and overall health and even longevity, just generally eating clean, being physically active and, and you know, uh, my entire adult life, even though it's really over the last couple of years that I've, I've dialed in this formula. You know, you, you don't get to looking like this at 40 sitting on your ass. Um, and with that, it was a lot of fun. It was like a complete episode. Hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope Joey did and, and Jim did. And that was fun. And, um, you know, shout out to uh, to everybody who's helped me along this path. To Arnold Schwarzenegger, to hey. Vegan Gaines, to Christopher Sullivan, to uh, Dr. Nun Amin-Ra, to all my vegan libertarian friends who understand that this is a natural extension of the ethical calling of, of libertarianism and voluntarism to extend it to every conscious life form as best we practically can, at least for the time being, and to make the world a better place and to live our best lives. And I'm honored that you've taken this now two hours and 43 minutes and eight seconds to uh, soak in my perspective on it. And so with that, mwah, peace and love y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.